Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. You know, it's funny, it's just taking the weather and it's uh, back to Florida. It's <laughs> back to what I'm used to. It's, it's about 67 degrees out there. It's humid. We had a thunderstorm earlier this morning and knocked the power out for I don't know how long, but uh, I woke up at my normal, you know, 4.30-ish <laughs> and uh, no alarm, no nothing. So I must be, the body must be tuned to it. Anyway, point being that uh, it was 20 degrees like uh, two weeks ago and then it warmed up and, and now it's, it's pouring rain and overcast and foggy and cloudy. It's doing all the things that Florida is supposed to do. So we're really glad that that, uh, that 20 degree aberration has gone and hopefully uh, winter with it. But I'm, we're probably in for another one or two as it goes, but it's, it's nice to get back to normal being hot and sticky and all, all the things we love about being here in Florida. All right, Bill's on the line, so let me get his theme and let's get going. Lantite Action Radio presents the Fecky Report. Good morning, Action Radio land. And unlike Greg, I am very happy to see this hot, sticky weather move past. And we will be back into the 60s soon enough where it's pleasant. But today, Greg, uh, we are laying to rest. Uh, on Monday, we laid to rest one of the soccer greats, Pele, passed away at age of 89 or 82. I forgot now, sorry. But he was one of the best, you know, he brought soccer into mainstream. And he will always go down as one of the greatest because of it, uh, mostly due to his personality more than anything else. But yeah, that was fascinating with Pele. Have... He was he was amazing. Um, as soon as she said though that, that we have laid to rest, you know, in sports, everybody you know collectively gasped. They thought it was Demar Hamlin. So I just want to let everybody know we're talking about somebody completely different. Um, but uh, back to Pele. And what was his real name anyway? He he wasn't christened Pele. I'm guessing. No, he wasn't. Um, and it was it's a very, um, as most Brazilian names, it's uh, very long and drawn out and. Um, and I don't have that with me right now, so I do apologize okay. for that. Uh, no we will problem. get to the NFL player, DeMar Hamlin, in a minute. But yeah. we do need to talk about the Biden crime family has struck again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. last week, <laughs> I'm curious. <yeah. laughs> the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, Attorney General had mm-hmm. filed a lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase about aiding and abetting Jeffrey Epstein. Two days later, President Biden goes on, quote-unquote, vacation down to the You can't say President Biden here. You you can't say President Biden on the show. You can't say anything else. President Biden. President Biden. Biden. Must be something in my headphones. Okay, thanks. I I thought you made a mistake for a bit. (laughs) Now, President Biden uh-huh. Uh, went down to the Virgin Islands on vacation because they say he goes every year, but this is the first time I remember hearing about it. Um, I don't think any president's been days... to St. Croix. I don't, I don't think any, I've no, I don't remember any president going to St. Croix or, or the Virgin Islands exactly. for that matter. Maybe St. Thomas, but St. Croix um, is I, French. That's for, for one thing. I, I, <laughs> the think, French. I, I, I want to say <laughs> Herbert Hoover maybe, 
used to make regular trips. Um, someone back in like the 30s, 40s, 50s, I think, used to make regular trips down there. Maybe it was Roosevelt. I can't remember which one now. But uh, when I was down in Key West a couple years ago, they talked mm-hmm. about uh, the White House down in Key West, and then they uh, made connections with, you know, uh, Virgin Islands and stuff like that. Um, but Biden goes down to Virgin Islands because he goes there every year, according to the mainstream media press, and mm-hmm. magically two days after Biden shows up in Virgin Islands – the attorney general is fired. Where have we heard this before? Yeah, no kidding. This is this is Ukraine too. This is great. I see. I hadn't I didn't hear a thing about this. It's not on the, you know, it's not circulating on the stuff that I check out. But I, I've been sort of, you know, there's a lot of things going on at the show. These it's days. not. But uh, it, this is and that is the whole problem. Yeah. No yeah, one okay. has made the con- no one is making this connection yet. Where'd you um, find it? I have found. Um, no, this uh, this is all over. Actually, the firing of the U.S. Virgin Islands Attorney General is uh-huh. on all the mainstream papers, but they're not well, connecting uh, Biden to this. Well, okay, so, so help me with the Virgin Islands. Now, I've been to St. Thomas uh, briefly. Uh, I think our plane landed there because it had to refuel, and it couldn't take off out of St. Martin fully loaded, so we had to do partial fuel. In the this is back 727 days uh, years ago. Anyway. But uh, the Virgin Islands, the, so, so St. Thomas is American. St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. Uh, St. What's, what's the third island? Lucia? No. There's three of them. So there's a British, there, there's a there British American Lucia, and But I, 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 I don't know. Honestly, all, that whole area is very confusing to me. I've never well, studied it. I, yeah. I've never, I've never looked, it, looked it up on a map before. I've never uh-huh. cared to know what it is. <laughs> so, yeah. That that is probably about the only part of the world that I really have never had any interest in. Believe well, you know, it or not, it's kind of weird. Yeah, well, you know, as soon as Bill Clinton heard the the term Browns, you know, he wanted to find out everything. But that's another story. Yeah. United States Virgin Islands. Yeah, okay, so, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Wikipedia. Hang on, just this will this will only take a second. Yep. All right, Virgin Islands, Virgin Islands. It's a group of Caribbean islands in an unincorporated and organized territory. The United States. Da, 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 what are the islands? Saint Croix, Saint John. That's what I was missing. And Saint Thomas. Saint John. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now as I understand it, St. Thomas is American, St. John is British, and St. Croix is French. So what's he doing visiting a French island? And did he have to have a passport to get there? Uh, uh, well, I mean, wait a minute. Virgin, well, if, if it's a U.S. Virgin Islands, then no, you would not because it is a, it's still, it's a yeah, territory. territory. Yeah. Okay, so those three are still count. Okay, so, so in other words, it's not just St. Thomas is American. It's all, it's all three of them, even though they're probably French and British origin. Right, we got to read more about this. I'll follow it up later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, that is, um, but but the whole thing is interesting in itself. How you know, no one's making these, this connection, and I'm just, I, and, I, and like I said, I'm just dumbfounded on how even your far right um, news outlets are not even reporting this. Um, the only person that I have seen this from is DC Drain Drano, which I think uh, you, uh, something that you do follow also. Um, no, and, not lately. I, but you know, you know, here's something that's weird though. We get the I get these subscriptions to all these different things, uh, and they they just drop, you know, all of a sudden. And, and I I don't miss them when they're not there because I have a I have enough to read as it is. But I can get back that it's a gateway pundit. I've subscribed I don't know how many times, and they'll they'll send me stuff for a little while, and then they just stop. All these different sources, so I have to keep going. So now I have a, I have a collection of of news sites about, you know, 50, and then about another 100 beyond that that I, I you know, I'm, I'm sort of trying to sort out. But I'm trying to get to the point where I don't worry about them sending me stuff. I'm just going to go straight to the sources. So DC Drano's good. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a, a I good li- site. I, 
Yeah, I like it. it, it it's, it's one of those sites that just throws the facts out there and doesn't make assumptions. And it kind oh, of that's my job. Put, you know, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, but like I said, I mean, uh, we all we all know for a fact that the uh, Attorney General did file file a lawsuit. We know for a fact that President Biden went to Virgin Islands, and we know President. for a fact two days two President. <laughs> yes. Am I? Yeah. Yes, I, okay. I, I guess I'm just a Freudian slip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, and then we also know that two days after Biden show, shows up in the Virgin Islands, the Attorney General is fired. So we know all of those as facts, uh, yeah. you know. And eventually, it will come out that he had something to do with it. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is, is that what we are seeing now is that this Epstein thing may be even deeper than the deepest that we thought it was. When when you're talking about like your Fox News, Newsmax. Uh, OAN is not even reporting this. Mm-hmm. How deep does well, I'm this losing, truly go? I'm losing faith in all of them simply because of what they're not reporting with the Mar Hamlet. Not one of those networks has even raised the. They don't even mention the word vaccination or vaccine. And one American well, we're gonna news is pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's, yeah, let's keep gonna, going on this thing here. So. Yeah. This is fascinating, and, and, and now here's, here's something that struck me. This seemed odd that he went on a vacation at this particular time when he had a $1.7 trillion budget to sign. Usually they don't do that. They wait in the White House, and they go. Usually President, if he's going to go on a short vacation, you know, he doesn't go during a major snowstorm. That just looks bad. Third, if he's going to go, he's probably going to go to Camp David or he's going to go to one of his many vacation homes. Why would he go all the way down to the Virgin Islands? That struck me as odd. And fourth, yes. how did he get there? If he took the 747, it'd be in the ocean right now because the runway's not big enough. <laughs> so how did he get there? Did he take a private jet? Does anybody know? You know, what, what did he fly down? Well, yeah. I haven't seen a single picture of him in uh, other. I haven't seen a single airplane picture of him in uh, in Saint Croix, Saint Croix for those that well, uh, you know, don't know what that, I'm talking that, about. That is very well. You know, you do have. Uh, I, I've been on um, Andrews Air Force Base, and uh-huh. I have seen and I have seen the different versions of Air Force One. Um, of course, Air Force One is whatever plane the president is on. Um, yeah, it could but, be assessment you know, if, he's, the, if he's flying in that, but yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. But, uh-huh. but, but the designated presidential plane, you got the big, big one, which is supposed to be for the president. You got a smaller one, which is supposed to be, but then there is other, even a little bit smaller than the vice president one. And the vice president one is probably about the size of a 747. Uh, but it's kind of hard to tell when you're, when you're sitting engine? next to 767, you know, or one of the twin engine ones. There's, yeah. there's a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but, uh, you know, cause you know, you're not allowed to stop and you weren't and technically I wasn't allowed to take a picture, even though I did. Um, but, you know, so, we're, so as you're driving, you see this big, humongous Air Force One, and then you see what appears to be a little tiny plane next to it, which if you probably put it in a normal airport, it probably was bigger than a 747. Um, you know, but because of the way it looked, it, it looked a lot smaller than it probably was. Um, so, I, you know, and, it's, and I'm, once again, I've never really cared much about what size uh, planes that they they ride in. All I know is my taxpayer well, money you, is being used for it. But the only reason I ask is is because of the airport, you know, is a little airport. <laughs> you know, I mean, yes. it's, it's the Caribbean. So so you know, I'm going to put so airport dead. I haven't been the runway length yet. But if it's if it's like a five thousand foot runway, there's only so many planes that can get in there. And so he had to go out well, of his I, way well, to not fly the usual plane. 
And what? And was, yeah. wasn't there a meeting there? Or, unless, you know, he flew, is, is, unless he flew into, unless he flew into an air base down there, maybe he helicoptered in would be my uh-huh. guess. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, that wouldn't be out of the norm uh, by any stretch of imagination. So I mean, so that is a possibility also. Um, you know, with him, it's it's hard to tell. You know, you know, his crime syndicate goes so deep. He might have right. an underground tunnel that go that he could walk right to there. <laughs> There's all right, so check this out. There's one runway. And if this is the right airport, St. Croix Valley Airport. Oh, that's Wisconsin. Are <laughs> they give me they give me St. Croix, Wisconsin? All right, let me let me. Yep. So it was like a, a three thousand foot runway. So there's no way there's something wrong here. Anyway, I, I think uh, the airport's St. Thomas, if I'm not mistaken. Now St. Thomas, different island. So he well, I mean, yeah, but not every island has a air, has a commercial. Uh, and uh, don't we have? Isn't there a, a base down there? A U.S. base down there? Um, probably he, Puerto Rico. He, that'd probably be too would, far for him to pop over. Well, input this one. Uh, I, when I was when there. I was um, when I was a flight instructor, actually, I had a student fly from uh, from the West Coast from Oakland, California, all the way to the Caribbean. Uh, I went to Florida, to Bimini, to one of these Bahama Keys, things like that. So I've actually flown that, this area. And I didn't, I didn't go as far down. I'm going to once we get, you know, uh, Action Radio 1, our own personal jet. But uh, that's, that's a little ways away yet. Um, but uh, the runways are not that big. And, you know, they were flying. Usually the biggest thing you can get in there is a 737. I'm just curious, you know, because, you know, there's no entourage. I mean, did the White House press corps go? Were there any press conferences while I was there? I mean, they say it's a vacation, but even when he goes on vacation, people are there. I don't know if anybody was there. And what's the schedule? Well, let's look at you know what we should do. Let's look up the schedule. Let's look at the schedule. And and yeah, as yeah, far yeah. as I know, okay. uh-huh. it, it didn't it didn't appear that anyone went with him because uh, uh, all the reports that the reporters are reporting from was what mm-hmm. the press secretary was releasing, yeah. um, and that was the only thing that came out. It, you know, there was I, there I, I don't remember even having any down there. It seems like it was like a total media blackout on this one. Well, here's his uh, here's the schedule. So we got Monday the second. So this is uh, a couple of days ago. No, you want to go uh, the week before. Oh, the week before. Okay, so let's scroll back a little bit. Well, it says it says from Saint uh, Saint Croix, President and the First Lady depart Saint Croix. He left on Monday. Okay, so you know, and there's nothing there. It just says he uh, arrives at Joint Base Andrews he at four thirty-five. He yeah. got home on Monday. Yeah, so he left St. Croix on yeah. Monday. I'll call St. Croix just for the sake of convenience, right? So he left the quarter yeah. to one. He got back on at 4.35. So it's a three-hour flight. Okay, so this is not a close place. So Sunday, the day before, the president has no public events scheduled. Blackout. Saturday, the 31st, no public events. Blackout. There's nothing there. Friday, no public events. Blackout. Uh, 29th, Thursday, uh, last week, no events. Blackout. Blackout on the 28th. And then Tuesday, the 27th, so this is two days after Christmas, the president receives the briefing in pool time, da, da, da. President and First Lady depart the White House and route Joint Base Andrews. So there's nothing, there's even a blackout on the day he leaves. In fact, there's a blackout exactly. the day before he leaves. There's a black, the Monday and, before and, he leaves, the 26th, nothing. And, and the 25th, Christmas, no, nothing. There, there are no pictures of him yeah. in, in the Virgin Islands, period. None. That's what interesting. Is, so either, yeah. So either he did not really go to the Virgin Islands, or oh, what he was. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> Listen, yeah, you, you, or, I, you, you get a round of applause for this. This is a great effort. 
I mean, you, you have outdone yourself with this, uh, with this story. I think this is fascinating. So now, see, I just happen to have his presidential schedule up just because he announced it because it amused me. And it, when it was, got boring because he wasn't doing anything, I was doing it. But the last thing he mm-hmm. has is the 23rd. Okay, so two days before Christmas. It's Friday the 23rd. is the last time anything is listed. And it says the president and first lady, you know, of course, I, I misspeak. We know. I'm just reading the schedule. Arrive at the Children's National Hospital. So they wave at the kids, and then they go to the airport, and there's a blackout for like a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then they come back and, and all tell we hear the COVID jab. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and all we've heard is what comes out of the press secretary's mouth. That's all we've heard. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no paparazzi picture. When yeah. has there never been a paparazzi picture well, of we a find president who or a famous person somewhere? Yeah. And, well, that's the other problem too. Is that you know, the, according to the press secretary, who is so reliable. Um, oh, she's a liar, but we know that. You know, she's too stupid <laughs> to tell the truth. See, the thing is, she's, is, she's so stupid, right, that she doesn't know she's lying. She thinks she's actually telling the truth because she has no conscience. Exactly. She doesn't have the ability to tell you know, truth from lie. And that's who you want there. So uh, here's my theory that the, that the Brandon insurrection is a total idiocracy. In order to serve in the Brandon insurrection, you have to be even stupider than Brandon. And that's hard to find. You got to look hard to find. You, you got to go to a Buttigieg. You got to go to Jean Pierre, Jean Paul Jones, whatever her name is. You got to go know, to various you know, people. I, I, dis- I disagree with you. I, oh. I don't think you have to be stupider than President Biden. You have okay. to be so self-absorbed, so selfish, and and so evil that yeah. you don't care. You just want to use this opportunity to further yourself. See, I thought that was the person behind the scenes. That's the only, the only place I would disagree. I think your analysis is right on. The only place I disagree is there's a difference between the behind the scenes people and the in front of the camera people. The behind the scenes people are brilliant, devious, and totally psychotic. Yeah. Because they don't care. They're, yeah. they're perfectly willing yeah. to destroy this country and destroy anybody in it and kill everybody. You know, you look at Dr. Fascist. He's the prime example of a psychopath, right? This guy doesn't care how many millions of people he kills worldwide as long as he makes billions on something he knows doesn't work. And he blocks things he knows does work. That's a psychopath, right? So Jean Pierre right. is just an idiot. Jean Pierre and, and Buttigieg, right. these are just idiots. Well, know, and, and, the, and they are, they on the, are people on the Supreme though, Court. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but they but they are people who want to further their own personal careers, so they are willing to sell their soul to mm-hmm. to do it, and that's exactly what they have done. They have sold their soul. They don't care what the truth is. All they care yeah. about is that they are in the spotlight and they have a position. So now let's let, let's get to our controversial co- topic of the day. Um, oh, that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't controversial. That wasn't controversial. No, we're, we're going to talk about Demar Hamlin. Let's do uh, that. He's the Did NFL you player. You know professional sports, but I was really curious your opinion on this. Yes. So I have tons of opinions on this. Uh, okay. And some of them are going to be contradictory to what I'm going to say, uh, mostly because right now, anything anyone talks about is pure speculation, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's all this is right now, because he is still in cardiac arrest. Uh, this poor man is fighting for his life right now. So for anyone to say anything different and that they know better than anyone else than the cardiologist who's treating them is I'm going to say it flat out lying. Everything else is it's all speculation. What you're hearing right now, these are the facts. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I think if I think, I think if you make a distinction, you know, that's fine. No, I, and you're absolutely it's a valid opinion. Uh, I disagree in the fact that if you don't speculate, you'll never get to the to the truth because all you'll do is is accept what's being told to you. So I don't mind if you can. And in fact, you're doing a really good job of this. You're making a very big distinction between what we know. These are the facts and and speculation. And I do this all the time on the show. I'm always speculating on this show. I mean, I speculated back in, in February of uh, 2020 that uh, Dr. Fascist was an evil man and his vaccine program was a total hoax. We didn't need it. That was pure speculation. I had nothing to base it on other than the DDR Road study in Marseille, France. And later, as I got to know Dr. Zelenko, and then these things that I, I thought, based on what I'd heard, turned out to be absolutely true. So let's so if make it, tell me what, what you know as fact and then tell me what you think. And let's, let's kind of go okay, with that so, and see what happens. Okay, yeah. so, so these are the facts. Uh, Damar Hamlin took a massive hit to the heart um, from a – he's a defender. He was going to make a tackle. The wide receiver put his head down or shoulder down. I forgot what it was now. Uh, hit him flush in the heart. He, you know, Hamlin fell down. He stood up. The minute he stood up, he collapsed, went into car- – he actually died for a few seconds. This is I'm, – I'm, I am – totally against the NFL. For whatever reason, I felt compelled to watch this game, though, uh, even though I haven't watched an NFL game in many years. Uh, well, so that's interesting I, in itself. That, that, that isn't fact it is though? Right. Yeah, very interesting, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I watched this happen live. And when I saw him fall, the first thing I thought was, oh, his knee gave out, he has a bad back, you know, something. Cause it, did, it just looked like a normal hit. Um, and next thing you know, you see – and, and, and this is really strange in itself, the training staff, how quickly they went out there. Usually the training staff does not go out. They usually wait to be called out. They mm-hmm. went out immediately, and they saved mm-hmm. this guy's life, yeah. which was amazing in itself. The NFL, even though they took a little bit too long, they canceled the game. Great move on their part also. Now, as far as, far as like, standings go uh buffalo bills needed the win in order to remain home field advantage throughout the playoffs that it's going to kind of it'll probably end up hurting them but all things considered the nfl did the right thing um demar hamlin has been resuscitated two different times since that hit uh he remains in cardiac arrest um so is he on a, is a heart lung machine? I think he's on a ventilator. I know that. So I heard yes, 50%. He he's breathing 50% on his own, but 50% through the ventilator. How about his heart? Is he on a heart machine? Um, well, I think everything's just kind of run, running on, you know, helping him out right now. Because he, 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 so he, he, like I said, he's fighting for his life. Um, oh, so yeah. now the fans. Now, the, now, DeMar Hamlin, when he graduated college, he started a uh, uh, charity basically like a Toys for Tots type of thing. Um, on Monday morning, he had $2,900 in the GoFundMe account for mm-hmm. his community toy drive. By Tuesday morning, $5 million. So there's money in this country. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going for a good cause this time. <laughs> oh, it's a great cause, but uh, I just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, the, which is fascinating. I mean, American people are generous people. Now, there was yeah. speculation, uh, and I okay, shall, no, wait, uh, I shall, I shall ask the yet. person who I speculated I'm, with that this might. No, have, I'm not done yet. I'm not. Oh. No, 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 no. You oh. don't get to. You Continue. don't get. You don't get to tell your your vaccine part yet. Okay. This is not the first <laughs> time that this has happened. Okay. First time what has happened? And this is a, a charity that, donation. That someone has. No, that someone has actually taken a hit on the football field, stood mm-hmm. up, 
and then collapsed and died. 50 okay. years ago, 50 years ago and one day to the date. Hmm. Okay, this is kind of eerie. Yes, it 50 kind of years and one day ago to the date, Detroit mm-hmm. Lions linebacker or wide receiver, or I think he was a tight end technically, uh, Chuck, no, he had to be a running back because he was small. Chuck Hughes, sorry, mm-hmm. um, took a hit from two Chicago Bears players. Mm-hmm. He got up, started walking back to the um, huddle, right. grabbed his heart, dropped dead on the spot. Uh, did he have any comorbidities, any he, heart issues, things like that? Anything okay. that we can so, point so, to? So that okay, so so that's why I'm going to. That's why I didn't want to speculate right now because this is the next part, and I'm going to tie this together with Damar Hamlin perfectly for you. Okay. Chuck Hughes did. Uh, they found out later he did have heart issues, um, and uh. if he had the science, if he had the science today, he probably right. wouldn't been playing the sport to begin with. Now, huh. I did some research on cardiomyopathy. There is no, depending on the degree, depends on if the NFL will allow you to play or not, or if any sport will allow you to play. Obviously, um, it, you know, uh, Chuck Hughes was a white guy. Damar Hamlin's a black guy. Uh, Damar Hamlin is in a very high-risk category. Uh, black males have a well, so high. I mean, how many black males in the NFL? Percentage-wise, it's huge. Yeah, it is huge. But you know, and a lot of them ha- do have issues. Most of them have issues before they even make it to the NFL. Um, okay. You hear about all the time about uh, high schoolers, college kids just dropping dead, and this is before your COVID shot. Okay, they've right. been dropping dead for years. It's because the black, and we've had it in our office where we have had to turn down players and not allow them to play football because of heart troubles. We're talking about teenagers inside our clinic. Um, the black male has just something about their DNA has just always had a bad – they have bad hearts, okay? Not every single one, obviously, but they are at a higher risk at an earlier age of cardiomyopathy. And this is before the vaccine, okay? I just want to make this very clear. This is – and I'm not saying anything racist about this. This has been proven, documented since the 80s. Okay, I believe you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, on but Thursday what, or what tomorrow is, after. I mean, I know black men have a it, lower lifespan. It starts lifespan. as early as like, about as early as 15, 16 years old, it starts getting detected. And like I said, we, we've, tur- we've uh, refused to sign off on a sports physical form on a uh-huh. 16-year-old, on a 17-year-old, on a I want to say a 13 or 14 year old. All okay. of them were black men. All of them were mm-hmm. black men who, when they uh, had their EKG done, something mm-hmm. blipped, and we ended up sending them to cardiology, and sure enough, that they had a problem. It wasn't a huge problem, but it was a problem. Now, we're not, you know, obviously we would let cardiology be the one to determine if they're allowed to play or not, because um, that's way out, out of our scope of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But we would not sign off on it because of it, and we've had two players where cardiology was told no, told them no, you cannot play anymore. You're done. So now, now let's fast forward to Demar Hamlin. We know mm-hmm. for a fact that the NFL originally the you know originally the they believed the lie and being told that the vaccine that COVID would cause cardiomyopathy. We, they were told that the vaccine would prevent COVID. 
they know that black men have a higher risk of cardiomyopathy. The NFL was really, they went overboard. They forced the players to get the shot. They mm-hmm. shamed them, the ones who didn't get the shot. Um, they also fined them so, $14,500. I've got an article. I, I, do a, and, I post a series yeah, of articles and, on my page yesterday on this. Yeah. And, 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 now, and now we are finding out that the vaccine does cause cardiomyopathy. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he has it yet or not. They have not gone in and looked at that part yet because they can't get well, him stable. Do you know what the biggest they, problem they is, can't. though? The biggest problem is that no one's even questioning it. You can't even say it. I watch One American News. I watch Newsmax. I'm still trying to figure out how to get Fox on my Roku, and I can't do it yet. So if anybody help me, please let me know. Um, but oh, I wanted, you know, but I, 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 when we go we'll off, it's very easy to do it. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So then, thank you very much. I appreciate <clears> that. Um, but the problem is that. Uh, it's the lack of dialogue on this. Nobody's even, uh, you know, announcing this as a possibility. And I've got another person. There's, first of all, uh, Pianchi reported that uh, Demetrius Johnson, you know, I think was a friend of his, a former football player. He died. There's another person that uh, uh, I had a, another football player who's 38 years old. You know, he's retired, but he's dead. They've all got COVID jabs. So to not raise that as a possibility, and that's a series of articles, you know, from uh, Steve Kirch, <clears throat> excuse me, from his Substack page. They're all saying the same thing. And he talked directly to Peter McCullough. You know, to, to not think of this as a possibility is irrational. Of course it's a possibility. Well, well, right, well right now everything is a possibility. But right now uh, – More than – well, is, so it, it's, that's a little strange. Well, more than no, a possibility. I mean, honestly, it's more I, no, honestly, likely. You, yeah. don't, you don't know if he had an enlarged heart from doing cocaine. We don't know if he had problems because he smoked too much. You don't know any of the details yet. So by just throwing vaccine as the number one thing right off the bat – is very mm-hmm. irresponsible, and that's where I'm going no. with this. Because as of this moment, as of this moment, his diagnosis is Kamushu. I can't say this. Kamushu. Kamushu Cordis. Oh, I'm sorry, if you don't mind me. Kamushu Cordis is the official diagnosis as of this moment, and mm-hmm. that's fatal disruption of heart rhythm from a blow to the chest. Yeah, but he made the tackle. Here's the weird part that people don't, that people keep forgetting. Unless you watch the film, you don't realize know. <laughs> he made the tackle. Yeah. He didn't get yeah. hit. He made the hit. No, okay. Well, he grabbed you know, the, the player. Well, he, okay. he made the all, tackle, it's, it's brought him to the ground. Game. It's a collision. Collision. Okay. Well, of course it's a collision. Yeah. It, it's but here's the thing, though. He, but people are making it sound like he was somehow hit. He wasn't hit. He made the tackle, brought the guy to the ground, and got up and then collapsed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a Correct. but to, to not to not mention vaccines as we know cosmyocarditis, we know the vaccines as far as I'm concerned are not only uh, not safe and effective, they're dangerous and deadly, and so to not say that is is irresponsible. So do we know exactly what happened? What do we, you know? I mean, let's check his blood for blood clots. I mean, has anybody analyzed that? See, they're not even asking the questions. The biggest problem in this case is they're not asking the questions. They're not even entertaining the possibility. In fact, what they do is, is and all, anybody, they should immediately suspend anybody from getting a vaccine uh, in the NFL. They would if it was another problem. They would if, you know, COVID, they, they ban people and test them every day and all this kind of stuff. They're not doing a single okay, thing so, to, to so prevent I, I, well, another I mean, you're, injury. You're watching, from, yeah, but you're watching the news. The articles I have read, uh, CBSSports.com, has put out three great articles and um, have actually – interview different cardiologists. Mm-hmm. Now, the cardiologist who is treating Damar is remaining silent right now. I can only, and I do have to say this probably has to do with the family is asking for, yeah, for that right now. The same thing. Uh, they're not talking to McCullough. They're not talking to Peter McCullough who said, yes, it's, it's most likely a vaccination. 
You know, they're not talking to the right. They're well, talking well, to the doctors who are towing the party line. They're not talking to, to all the doctors. No, just like they did with COVID. No, because, because they're, not ta- they're talking to doctors who believe in learning about the facts instead of speculation. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It, Peter McCullough is one of the most distinguished heart surgeons, you know, heart doctors in the world. He does know the okay, facts. Does, okay, this, so, so does he know that DeMar – does he, does he know that DeMar – Hamblin has cardiomyopathy. Does he know yeah, that? Yeah, he does. Fact? He actually talked about that. He actually talked about that. But he that's does, not no, the issue. The issue is that the, but they're still that, not. That, you see, all right, they're, Bill. They're, it, Bill, they no one's asking the question. Yeah, but Bill, you know, uh, they are asking. They no the one's question. asking the that's question. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Nah, they're not. I've nah, read not. many articles about this where they are asking the question. And what's and the just, answer? You know, and what's the what's the what's the question on vaccination? In fact, I have a I have a statement that was put on our our thing that he got a jab just last week. You got another booster. And the is greater, that coming from it, a credible source, or is it coming from one of those? Um, oh yeah, uh, I, I have a friend. Screenshot friend of the doctor the who did it. So apparently it's a screenshot. <laughs> okay. of the do- I, I can pull it up. It's on our vaccine page. It's a private page, so not everybody can look at it. But we got Wendy on the line too, so I'm going to play her scene, bring her into all this fun, uh, and then. Uh, well, I, see I, I do need to, to get about. going because I am training a new person this week, so okay. I do have to get going so I can start training them. Uh, you guys well, have a good rest of the up. week. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, because okay. we'll, we'll have more information next week, and hopefully this guy makes it through so that we can find out the truth. Because uh, if he does not make it, it, there's a good chance that it will be buried and it will be propagandized. So hopefully that we can uh, he, that he will come come you know make a full recovery, and hopefully we'll be able to hear from him. Okay, I mean, that'd be wonderful. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Bill. Have a good rest of the show. <laughs> good reporting on, on Virgin Islands. I want to investigate that, too. That was fascinating. All right. So let's get to Wendy. Here we go. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. In fact, as much as I respect Bill, I disagree. It's the vaccination. I know that's what it is. You know, so I just, I mean, the evidence is there's just too many people. Too many people, too many young people worldwide, you know, major athletes who have been tested for everything or they wouldn't be playing sports, you know, that are, that are just collapsing and dying. Uh, you know, and this only started after the, uh, the jab came out. So you tell me. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems to be pretty clear. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, nobody seems to be talking about the um, 3,000% increase in miscarriages. Uh, either since the vax came out. It's, it's mm-hmm. just crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy to take it. But, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's very strange. This is, the, you know, as I say, the, the conformists are the ones that are, uh, that are being injured and killed by this. And, and us rebels, you know, we're, we're, we're doing fine. So there's something to be said for, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, challenge, for questioning authority. The old 60s bumper sticker used to say, before those people became the authority. <laughs> That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> so what's on your mind this week? Yeah. Well, um, was uh, then we had a little interesting conversation about faithfulness, hmm. and there's faith and faithfulness, and then there's the faithfulness of God versus the faithfulness of man. <clears throat> so, um, and there's a lot wrapped up in that, and we're just going to barely, barely even touch the tip of the iceberg. Hold on, I got to quiet my dog, buddy. No, 
So um, he's he's on high. Does that work, by the way? You just say no. You just say no, and your dog gets quiet. That's great. I'm impressed. (laughs) Well, he's he's a good boy. Um, Must be. So talk talk to Brianna's dog um, because her dog always barks when she's on the phone. So it's kind of crazy. We need we need to pass on some dog lessons. (laughs) Well, it's it's the the difference, you know, the same thing about you know, dogs, children, you know, other pets and animals. I mean, if you train them young, you train them well and with yep. kindness, then you know, then it, it works. Um, mm, that's true. So there's a um, the whole basis of faithfulness is is extremely important, and it's it's got to do with pretty much anything you do in life. Mm. Um, as you have been very faithful to get Action Radio up and going. You have not stopped. You've not quit. You have. It has not been without its bumps and bruises, and you have mm-hmm. kept going. That's been faithfulness to this project, and mm. it is now becoming what it is because of your faithfulness. Um, and well, thank you. There's uh, faithfulness does not mean sitting down with your hands folded and saying yes, this is faith. I believe. No, uh, faith requires action. Mm-hmm. Faithfulness is action. So um, we're going mm. to talk about that, that aspect of faithfulness today. And okay. one of the things that um, people think that somehow it's just something that you have in you, you know, faithfulness. Um, you're faithful to your spouse or you're faithful to go to your job every day or whatever. Um, it, faithfulness is a fruit of the spirit. Um, and so that's one aspect that you need to, to think about as well. So that if, if it is part of the Holy Spirit, if faithfulness is part of God himself, um, then we have that ability to, to be imparted into us when we uh, become believers. So, And for those who don't know, Galatians 5.22 is where you can find the, the nine fruits of the Spirit listed, um, and it said, which says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. So um, that is part of God himself. So, um, and that's going to be part of what we discuss when we say faithfulness is, is um, part of God. There's the faithfulness of God and there's the faithfulness of man. So <clears throat> the faithfulness of God is based in love. Everything God does is based in love. It's, it's who he is. Scripture says God is love. And he has so many aspects to his personality and his character. Um, faithfulness is just one of them. But love is, is who he is. So everything, all of his other characteristics is, is born out of love because he is love. So um, the faithfulness that God has towards man is not based on whether or not we are obedient to something or whether we're doing something right Um or we're doing something pleasing to him. Um, his faithfulness to us is steady and does not change because he doesn't change. And he will um, keep a covenant even if we break it. it that's how faithful he is. That, that's the whole faithfulness of God. Uh, if you look at his relationship to Jerusalem and the Israelites, man, they screwed up more than anybody <laughs> you could possibly think of. I mean, over and over again, and as we are sit here in our century reading the stories of how they screwed up over and over, and our jaws are dropping going, 
how could they possibly do that when God has already done X, Y, Z over here? How could they possibly do that? And, but he remained faithful to them and to this day is faithful to them and is expecting them to return to him. So, I mean, his faithfulness to them, unbelievable, (laughs) truly undeserved and unbelievable, but he is faithful to them because that's who he is. And he's just as faithful to us. So, well, I see it all the time. Um, you know, I see it in action radio. You know, I mean, of all the crazy things that have happened, I've, I've never doubted. You know, like we talked about this, that I've never doubted it would work. I've never doubted God's support for what we're doing. I've never doubted that we're going to increase freedom on a worldwide scale that uh, you know is so far unimagined by most people. Um, I've never doubted that we wouldn't have a, a multi-nation, multi-million listener group of people that go, "Oh, I can do that." And that's the whole point of this. I've never doubted that for a second. And if all the bumps and all the obstacles and all the crazy things that are going on that, that you know, the, the evil ones are trying to take away from me every time, you know, but when it gets right down to the, the, whatever the last minute is, something always comes through. Somebody always comes through. Something happens. And here I am. <laughs> so I just keep going. I don't worry yes. about it. <laughs> and here you are because God is faithful. So yeah. Agreed. <laughs> now, the, the, when, the faithfulness of God is based on love because that's who he is. So the faithfulness of man is based on faith. You cannot have faithfulness without having faith first. And okay. um, whether it's faith in God or faith in your spouse or you know, whatever, you know, there, you have to have faith in them. You have to believe in them and trust them because faith encompasses belief and trust and all those good things um, mm-hmm. and steadfastness. So, um, in Hebrews 11.6, I, this is one of my favorite scriptures, and I'm so glad I get to share it today because it's on topic. Oh, good. <laughs> says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That you have to know that that is God's character that he is going to reward you for your faithfulness in seeking him, even when things don't make sense, even when the whole world is falling apart around you, even when you have got, you know, what you see with your eyes creates so much doubt in any possibility of anything working out. If you Mm -hmm. still are pressing into God and seeking his face about all this confusion around you, he's going to reward you. That's who he is. He will reward faithfulness. He's a reward of those who diligently seek him. And diligence is part of faithfulness. Yeah, and this is absolutely true. I've seen it. I've seen it uh, all the time. But but what's interesting is I think you have to make a commitment first. So, you know, faithfulness, you have to, you know, I mean, you have to make that conscious decision. Action Radio was a conscious decision. I could have got a regular job, you know, I would have been gone crazy and, you know, but, uh, you know, it's like the, the blue pill people, they make a conscious decision not to have faithfulness, not to take that plunge. I, there's a Facebook post this morning from a friend of mine, you know, and uh, I noticed that we both had in common that, like I was told I was an idiot. My ideas were stupid. Get a regular job and shut up. I mean, that, that's pretty much a direct quote from <laughs> a, a Facebook comment. That's how I grew up. Right. I never believed it, but it still takes its toll because that's your, Okay. That's your orientation. That's your framework. So then you have to rebel against that framework, but then it, then it becomes, okay, so once you break that framework, once you, set, you make your own framework, now what do you do? Well, now you're free to take on any challenge that you want, whatever you've always wanted to do, or even something that, that just kind of sprung up with you, like uh, you know, action radio on a bike ride. I mean, literally, it was, that, it, was, it was as fast as, you know, the problem with talk radio, and I remember saying this to myself in my head, I'm having this like internal dialogue. I said, the problem with talk radio is that all they do is talk. They never take any action. 
Then I said, what we really need is action radio. That's how fast it happened. <laughs> okay. And everything yeah. came from, from, from that, that short little, you know, 10 seconds, um, you know, little argument in my head as to, as to where to go. And then I haven't looked back since. That was 2014. That was, uh, and a so, ten-second download from heaven, wasn't it? <laughs> it you know, no kidding. Oh yeah, big time. You know, and so once I put those two words together, action radio, the rest is literally is history. But but you've got to have the faithfulness. To, you have to make the commitment. In other words, you have the faith, then you make the commitment, and then and then the faithfulness. The the reward is that uh, things happen, doors open, and and a whole new pathway emerges that never would have happened. It's almost like people you know imprison themselves without faith yeah. because they only deal with what they think is real. And what you think is real is not real. What you think is real is a prison. And I think, you know, millions upon millions of people, I said most of the population of the world, 95, 98% are in a self-imposed prison of what they think the framework is. And they're missing the glory yes. of, of trying. And, and if you, you know, failing is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Not trying is, and not having faith and not, not giving God a chance to, to make something work. That's, that's the greatest tra- tragedy. I have to give that a hearty amen because okay. it, it and, and this is why most people in the world are in the boat that they're in is because mm. they walk by sight and they oh. go by what they see. Okay. And God says, as a believer, we do not walk by sight. He says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's saying, don't trust what you see. That's not real. Trust what I speak to you and show you in the spirit. That's real. And that's how you deal with what you see. Mm-hmm. So that um, makes sense. It, you, are, you are so correct in that <clears throat> people don't try because they are born in a box. They are, are raised and programmed in a box, and they never think to get out of it. Yeah. And even though they may be frustrated all the heck and, and they hate their life and they, they keep thinking this, the existentialist mindset of, is this all there is, you know? <laughs> I was just thinking of the um, song, uh, Peggy Lee, did you know that song? Is this all there is? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, so, no, this is not all there is. This is, yeah. this is so, this is so fluff and, and, trash stuff. This is not what God created you to live. This is not how he wanted you to be. This is not how he created you to be. Most people don't even know who they were created to be because they have been Mm -hmm. programmed by the box. So um, break out because God is all about freedom. But uh, all right, we're going to, I'm going to get off the the preacher's soapbox because I I, I have to stay on topic today. (laughs) We haven't even begun to touch it. Um, So faithfulness is born and grown out of assurance of who God is. It's, it's not because, you know, okay, I, I decided I'm going to be faithful. It's, no, it's, it's born out of who God is because our faithfulness is based because we can trust and have faith in his character. And Scripture says that God is the same to yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, he never changes, ever. He is who he is, he's perfect, and who he is doesn't need changing. So he does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you know that you can put your trust in something that never changes, it's always the same, always good, always has your best interest in mind, you are going to remain tethered to that thing. 
and in our case, this is, it's God, because God is the only thing that never changes. So, <clears throat> and his faithfulness and his goodness, because God is absolute, resolute, and determined in his love for us. I mean, that that's just not even a negotiating point. He loves us, period. And even his wrath doesn't change his love for us. And that's what people don't understand. And love are, are opposites. Hmm. And and that's and not in God's economy. Because even his wrath um, is is does not negate his love for us. His wrath has has to come because he's holy. That's one of his characteristics. He is holy. He's not just, you know, that's not just part of his job. I mean, he is holy. And his holiness is going to bring justice, and it must judge sin, period, end of story. That's where it comes in. His holiness has got to deal with sin. And so when when we understand that, then then we can understand that, even his wrath is born out of love because you wouldn't have um, anger and wrath towards something or someone if you didn't love who it was hurting. Does that make sense? One more time. I, I was, uh, I, my mind wanders as we talk sometimes and I have like a million questions popping up in my head. Okay. So, <laughs> and I'll tell you what I was thinking in a second. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. People think wrath and, and love are opposites. But even his wrath is born out of love because if if somebody does something to my child, I am you're going to see my wrath, and it's born out of the love I have for my child. No, that, makes that, that makes make sense. That makes perfect sense. No, that that makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole idea of you know, um, that's what parents do. They don't punish the kids. Well, there's two kinds of parents. There's those that punish the kids because they're just bad people, and those that punish the kids because they want their kids to be better or safer or something. Uh, you know, we, we we've had conversations right. on the show about we talked about that Monday. Well, and it's, it's, you know, it's not, yeah, you, you don't punish no your, your child. Right yeah, yeah. But right. what I was well, thinking was, go ahead. Well, I mean, there's a difference between punishment and discipline. So we discipline our children to, to make them better and to see things and to, and to learn yeah. their lessons. Punishment is just to get your anger out, and that's not the same thing. Um, yep. But so anyway, so when God's wrath you know, occurs against those who are doing evil and things like that, it's because it's born out of the love he has for the ones that they are hurting. I, yep. They are not mutually exclusive, so I just want people to understand that. So... Um, so that's why God um, is and embodies faithfulness. He, he loves us no matter how far we are from him or how sinful we are. His holiness has to deal with our sin, but his love never is, is never quenched by our sin. So I hope that makes sense to people. <clears throat> so if you're going to be faithful to anything, to your project, your job, your spouse, your God, your your church, whatever, if you're going to be faithful to something um it is born out of a determination to do so you're going to you you determine in your mind i have committed to this and i'm seeing it through that's Mm -hmm. faithfulness because faithfulness will keep you when blessings cannot and and what i mean by that is if your faithfulness to let's say to your spouse is because um they look good and they um, do certain things for you that just you know, are 
make you just over the top. This is great. You know, this is this. They do things how I want it, and it's, it's just you know they're just always you know this way, and I can count on that. And then that wonderful, and then something happens. Um, perhaps they they have um, a car accident, and they're no longer able to to do things the way they used to, and and <clears throat> and then your needs aren't being met like they used to be. So. Um, are you still going to remain faithful to your spouse? I cannot tell you how many times I have seen um, people whose spouse have, have been incapacitated in some way, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the other spouse, after a while, um, deems that it's okay to go out and see somebody else because their spouse can't meet their needs. Right. Um, they, they don't leave their spouse, oddly enough, <laughs> but they think it's okay to have somebody on the side, you know? <laughs> That's interesting. You know, and I've seen just the opposite, too. I've seen soldiers come back in horrible shape, you know, uh, traumatic brain injuries, you know, crippling injuries, amputations, the whole bit. And the wives who who are, you know, drop dead gorgeous and wonderful and sparkly and bright who could go out, they don't. (laughs) They stay there, you know, and and their husbands. Yes, that's right. But more guys are injured. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've seen it. You know. I've seen it out there. Yeah. So, So. I had a question if uh, if we have time for we get, we can go a few minutes over if yeah. you have a couple of minutes. All right. So, so yeah, what I was ahead. thinking of uh, as as we're talking here is that is there anything in scripture that is a sort of like a guideline, a little little roadmap to faithfulness where, you know, so that people I think people don't break out of the box. First of all, they don't know they're in one. Uh, secondly, if they do know they're in one, they don't think they have the capacity to break out of it. So what they do is they conform themselves to the rules of the box rather than enter this great world of, of faith and faithfulness. And, you know, in their deathbed go, gee, I never tried to, you know, do stuff. And all these, these last-minute revelations, you want to have them now. I mean, do it today. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, do it today. Don't wait. Whatever you want to say to somebody, say it today. You know, now's the time. Uh, the, 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 the only time you have is now, so you better, you know, make use of it. But is there anything in Scripture that says, okay, so here's, you know, like one of the apostles' experience, or, or how, do, how do people get to faithfulness? And is there anything in Scripture that addresses that? That is such a huge loaded question, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> well, thank you. Put it down for next week. <laughs> yeah. so, but, for, for our new listeners, uh, especially our, our new folks in Australia, Canada, and uh, um, in England, uh, or the UK, I should not exclude anybody. This is what we do here. <laughs> I ask impossible questions on a regular basis. It usually is the ba- it's usually you know the, the several shows later we kind of get to answer it. So uh, so for our new folks here, this is normal. <laughs> this is what we do here. Um, anyway, so so back to back to our roadmap. Yeah, any insights now? And uh, what do you think? And then we can get back to your topic well, and then uh, pick this up another time. But yeah, well, let me just say this. Mm-hmm. Faith makes the impossible possible. Faith is so important. It is so it, it is above the the earthly realm. You have got mm-hmm. to go reach into the the heavenly realm for faith because faith literally makes streams in the desert. It makes a way where there is no way. Faith moves mountains literally. Faith mm-hmm. is if if you want to change where you're at you must act in faith because let's go back to our wonderful verse in Hebrews 11:6 but without faith it is impossible to please God for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him what is he rewarding he's rewarding your faith he rewards 
faith. And if you need a situation to change, you better approach it in faith. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. Do not go by what you see. My husband wouldn't be here if I would have agreed with what I saw when he had the, the brain bleed. Right. And when if I listened to the doctors who said he's not going to make it by morning calling the family, I absolutely would not agree with that. And he kept trying to get me to agree with him that he was going to die, and I would mm-hmm. not. And he finally shook his head and walked away. Hmm. So, but Michael's here today. Yeah. So I'm telling yeah. you. Feel free to promote hey, it if he wants to. Uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Michael's an incredible person. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, faith yeah. does work, and uh, I mean, it, 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 this is a fascinating thing, especially for for you know some of the me that grew up with all these different you know it was like forced religion, it's like church religion, school church religion, and yeah. this never made sense to me until I, I discovered God the old-fashioned way, you know, directly. <laughs> didn't didn't need the middleman. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, and it, it makes so much more sense. But um, wait, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to what you said earlier because you phrased it perfectly. Is that you cannot, you have to break the, the earthly realm and people that deal in only the earth, earthly conditions you know, of your box, whatever that box is, you can't break out of it until you reach beyond. So the spiritual world is the world outside your box. So you've got to break that so yes. you can live outside the box here in the earthly realm. And so there's, there's yes. a transition that we are, we are almost two people. We are our spiritual self and our earthly self at the same time. But people have lose that connection exactly with their spiritual right. self. Okay, go ahead. So, so what do you think because, about that? Well, yes. Perfectly said, because we are two different people. Actually, okay. um, we're three, because um, we are a spirit. If, if once you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, as as the person that you are going to submit your life to, and in, in, in his, his teachings, because it's again out of love for us. Um, once you belong to Jesus, that you are now a spirit that lives in a body, in a human body. Right, mm-hmm. um, and so that we operate that way. We once you have access to the spiritual realm, to to your spirit, to God's spirit, um, that you just we're just housed in this body down here. But we are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. So we're a three part being, just like you know, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So, I was just thinking that too. Yeah, that was my next we, question. <laughs> yeah, so we have access to, to the spiritual realm and mm-hmm. all of that glory, all of that faith, all of that impossibility becoming possible when you access that to the spiritual realm. And, and it's just really, really the only way you are ever going to change the box down here. Yeah, it makes sense. And I wonder why so many people feel the need. I mean, parents always feel the need to put their kids in the box. I don't even know if they know they're doing it. You know, maybe because of their, their boxes, well, they have to appear, no, quote, normal to other people. They were brought up. Okay. But some of us yeah, break through. And, and people, you know, as nonconformists, it, as rebels, you, know, you look at some of the, the great stand-up comics and the, and the great writers and the philosophers and the, you know, the rock musicians, you know, I mean, the, the people that break through. So this is not normal. I'm not going to accept this normal. Yes. But there are very few. Well, faith removes the limitations on you because we are no longer limited to, to earth. And, and that's the beauty of it, you know, and I'm not talking Mm -hmm. about the new age stuff or astral planning and all that mess. Okay. I'm (laughs) I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about 
bringing literally the kingdom of God to earth. That's our job mm-hmm. is to bring the spiritual realm down here to, to the heaven, to, to the earthly realm and change the box that we're in down here. Yeah. It's interesting. The, the friend that goes, you know, with the belief in God is a fear of death. Uh, and that, that's that. And once that limitation is gone, you know, once you realize that you are a spirit, uh, as well as a body. And I see the difference. Like I say, I went through heart surgery, you know, and uh, uh, the body wasn't working for several hours and my spirit went somewhere because <laughs> you know, it certainly came back yep. and, and rejoined. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. And so, so I know the only way that I would be able to do that, if my spirit died when my body died, because clinically I was dead for four hours, um, then, uh, then that, wouldn't make, that wouldn't make any sense. I just miss that. I was, I was hoping right. for the out-of-body experience, the light in the tunnel, the whole bit, right? There's nothing. <laughs> you know, so I, just, I, just, I, just, I was like on hold for a while. <laughs> You know, waiting at the bus stop, you know, it's okay, time to get back going. Oh, thank you. Here, jump start. Uh, and then I woke up with tubes down my throat. Um, but uh, it is it is a, uh, a fascinating thing. That, and once and the other thing is, it, you know, it's amazing how much courage you can have when you don't have a fear of death because, you know, you have a spirit that's going to go on. Yeah. And so it's like, OK, and I feel yeah. the same with Action Radio. You know, Action Radio is going to go on beyond me. We've, we've all started something here that is not going to go away. You know, it's like V for Vendetta. Have you ever seen that? You know, an idea is more powerful. You know, you, you yeah. can kill a person, but you can't kill the idea, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. They, can, they can dox us and do all these nasty things and, you know, all that, the censorship and everything else. But you can't kill the idea. The idea is it, it's greater than me and you. It's greater than all of us. Yes. You know, it's basically freedom. Yes. We're just finding a we, – we've, we've got a method of freedom. But the idea of freedom is, is far greater than any one of us individually. We didn't come up with it. Well, it's, it's the, We're just hoping to advance it's, it. It's the same – yeah. It's the same since the beginning of time, you know, where, you know, like right now, it, they want God removed from absolutely everything. They want faith gone because mm-hmm. they know faith transcends what they're trying to do. Yep. And so, and they foolishly think that if you, you know, outlaw God in, in schools and, and everywhere else, and <laughs> it's happy holidays, not Merry Christmas, and it's, you know, right. and you know, no God bless you, no nothing, you know, it's just mm-hmm. remove God, period. And if it, because they want to portray God as, as um, the limitation, you know, oh, yeah. you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, um, if, if you don't have God, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want with God. It's just that, you know, there's going to be consequences no matter, no matter what yeah, you do. Yeah, you're still responsible and for what the, you do, yeah. Uh, rights are the same way. Yeah, you have yeah, the right are still to do all kinds of things, but how you do it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah exactly. but the thing is, you, know, mm-hmm. you can't remove God because he is bigger than our box, <clears throat> and he transcends that. And they are trying mm-hmm. to make you think that, oh, no, God is manageable. You, you, you have a choice. You can believe in God or you, or, can, or you don't believe in God. But if you don't believe in God, then all of a sudden he just doesn't exist. And that <laughs> is a bunch of hooey. Exactly. So, Always you like know. that word. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what we you know, come up with, with our roadmap for all those folks out there. And I think that's the reason the show is growing, despite all the censorship. And it's huge. You know, they put a restriction on my normally restricted account. So I don't know where I am. It's way down there. <laughs> you know, so we're, we're down in the depths. And, we're, in the Mar- we're in the Marianas Trench of openness at this point. You know, so, yeah. So you've you got to come find yeah, us. Yeah, and, 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 and God <laughs>, laughs because he, he's going to, you know, when, when the time is right, he will open all the doors and, yep. and it'll be just exponential. And, there, and then you can turn around and go, uh, see? <laughs> Told you. Told you so. I told you I was going to, you know, the show is going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's, uh, right. th- that's going to be fun. No, I got to, I, you know, and, and God forgive me, I'm going to be really petty. I mean, I got a few I told you so. I'm sorry. I'm just, going to apologize. I'm just going to apologize in advance. I know it's not the best thing to do, but I'm sorry. I just, you know, I just feel it coming. 
so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, you know, once we get that, that out of the way. Uh, but, yeah, this is, this is such a fascinating journey. You know, I think a lot of people are, are starting to pick up on it. And it's, you know, the possibilities. I think the greatest thing we can do is increase the level of what everybody else thinks is possible. And as we do that, you know, a lot of things will fall into place. I also think this is going to be an incredible year. I think, uh, you know, the polls just said, uh, uh, the, Gallup, the most recent Gallup poll, oh, people are, are depressed. It's terrible. Inflation is going to get worse. The government is going to get more oppressive. You know, nothing's going to go right. And I'm like, this is going to be a great year. We're going to meet fascinating people. We're going to open this all up. We're going to break out in the nation. This is going to be fun. You know, come join the party. You know, so it's, it's, it's totally opposite of everybody else, you know, but I've never been in sync, but that's okay. You know, all right. Good chat. This is fun. Well, um, contact information, yeah, anything well, else? Uh, last minute you. comments? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I just want to bless all of our listeners and, and no matter where you are in the world, God knows where you are. He knows your situation. Um, call out to him and he will answer. So, you know, Jesus opens the doors to everything. So y'all just have faith. It's going to get dark for a while. But, you know, hang in there, you know, trust in God. He's going to keep you. And he is faithful. Remember that. He is faithful to you. So be faithful to him. And if anybody has any questions they want to ask, you know, privately, you're more than welcome to contact me on Facebook. You can find me under Wendy Arthur. You can find me under Art by Wendy Arthur. Or you can find me under Dimensions Ministries. Sounds good. Let me give you a cheer, too. <laughs> Amazing chat today. So, so out of all the craziness and the darkness and the, you know, uh, all the things that are happening, uh, we're, we're just going to keep, you know, shining our light as bright as possible. Anyway, thank you, Wendy. I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye now. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy.
Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Yes, from a spontaneous moment on a bike ride back in 2014 to now, <laughs> this is where we are. And so it's fascinating. Uh, Wednesdays are amazing, you know, between Bill and Wendy. It's a great way to start Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, there we go, excuse me. And I <laughs> forgot my day for a second. Uh, then we've got this hour um, for where I have uh, some time to chat uh, with you all. And then we have, uh, we've switched uh, Diane uh, Warner from uh, Thursdays to, to Wednesdays. Now, Thursday is completely open. <laughs> it's really interesting. Ever since we, we did 18 weeks of the world's greatest doctors panel, you know, with uh, Jody Mikovits, Brian Artis, Jim Thorpe, Ben Marble, uh, some various other guests, Christian Northrup, uh, just different people that uh, dropped in here, um, Angelina Farella, different docs, and they were fabulous. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know people come to the report. So Thursday's like this big gulf. <laughs> so we have this amazing, you know, gap of time in there. And so I'll, I'll pick one of my, uh, my classic uh, WBY interviews and play that for you tomorrow. So I'll get that all prepped. Um, but I'll get some time to talk. So we'll, I'll pick a couple of different issues. And uh, so if anybody's interested in a report, I got several several ideas out there for people to to you know drop in with different reports, but uh, haven't taken me up on it officially. The most recent one, uh, Diane Warner, uh, who does election integrity. Now Diane was at the inauguration of uh, our governor here in Florida, Ron DeSantis, in Tallahassee. Uh, she called us, you know, from the from the grounds there, and a couple of other folks hopped on the line too. And so it was interesting listening to what was happening. But one of the things she told me is that there were these, and we're going to talk about this with her as well. But she said that these drones, these drones are flying overhead. You know, what's going on with that? I'm like, well, this is interesting. So, you know me, I, I always like to report the news that nobody else is reporting. That's why it was so great to hear Bill report on the, the Virgin Islands uh, Attorney General. Uh, and so now I have to do a whole report. That's probably going to be a, that might be the report tomorrow. <laughs> it probably will be. I got to do some digging and see what I can find out. That sounds like special investigative stuff. And we do have an Action Radio special investigations page. And so if you want to join the group and, and report stories like that, feel free. Earlier in, in Bill's chat, we were talking about the president's schedule. Uh, and the, in this case, we're talking about Biden, you know, the occupant of the White House. But but they have a presidential schedule, and you can look at it online. You, you know, everything that, that that a real president would do, you know, is there. It's supposed to be listed. And so with uh, with you know the insurrection is you know Brandon the coup, you know the stolen government, and you see that you know when you look at that schedule, of course they don't care. And once once you steal the White House, anything else becomes possible, right? And so the schedule, there's these big this is blackouts, it's like a week and a half of nothing. So what went on Saint Croix? or Saint-Croix, if we're French, for our French-Canadian friends, um, but, uh, and, and France, too. France listens, by the way, as well. In fact, we've got most of Europe. Uh, Europe's been fabulous in terms of, of listenership, and so I don't know uh, how much English is out there. It's pretty much the only language I speak, a little bit here and there of other languages, but it's English. I mean, that's what I speak. But we've had England, France, Germany, 
you know, uh, in Western Europe, Spain, you know, Portugal, Switzerland, Austria, Italy have, have always listened. They've been with us since the beginning. Uh, and the Eastern European countries now are pretty much as well. Romania, Bulgaria, Hungary, uh, the Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia, Poland, uh, and now Belarus. You know, and so uh, so you're pretty we're pretty well covered. And, and then we get down a little bit further south, Greece, uh, Turkey also. Uh, I don't Turkey is part of Europe or Asia. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, but it's interesting, you know, as word spreads, as we, we get around and this whole concept of freedom, you know, especially in Australia with our Australian Bill of Individual Rights. So freedom spreads anyway. So freedom is always my concern. And so when Dan was talking about these drones that were flying overhead, I'm thinking, huh, surveillance drones. Does the government have them? What is this all about? And, of course, you know, it didn't take long. So I love the Internet. I love doing radio in the age of the Internet because I can find stuff out immediately. I don't have to rely on, you know, digging through newspapers and flipping through stuff. I can just go right to it. And strangely enough, you know, a lot of good information is out there. Yes, they censor stuff like crazy. We know that. But what I found with the Internet, it, the, the key to working with the Internet is to ask the right question. You've got to know, you've got to use, you know, sometimes they're buzzwords, sometimes they're different things. But if you ask the right question, amazing things pop up because everybody wants to tell their story. And so as I go to the Internet and I look at everybody telling the story, I find, you, you, let me tell you what I found. So, in fact, I was even, I think I was chatting with Diane at the time uh, off air when this happened. And I found this website called Electronic Frontier Foundation, EFF. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're about, but they wrote something pretty incredible. And so the Electronic Frontier Foundation, so you're going to go find them, feel free. Oh, by the way, uh, in terms of presidential schedules, uh, we have a public group called the Action Radio Group on Facebook. And that's for anybody, uh, pretty much anybody but me to post news stories. I do post some things there, but I, I try and leave that for, for, that's like a listener page. So if you want to post stories, you want to join the group or comment or things like that, it's open. You have to join to post. I mean, and I, I have post approval because that keeps out the trolls. But uh, the Action Radio Group, you can go there, and once you get the presidential you know, website, you can see what, uh, what they say that Brandon's doing, and you can also see what they say that the, the Brandon's not doing, you know, and they can block it out. Anyway, so the Electronic Frontier Foundation has an article on surveillance drones. So I just put that. It's a neat little graphic. It's like a Big Brother graphic, right? It's got two propellers, a framework of a drone. It's got a big eye in the middle. <laughs> you can't miss this, right? And this is why the title of the show today. Uh, is, is titled In Your Face Surveillance Drones, Big Brother, Big Brother is Right Over You, because Diane yesterday had these drones right overhead. So now I'm curious, right? So I got this article here called Surveillance Drones in the Electronic Frontier Foundation, and there's no date, there's no author. I guess this is just what the group says or feels, but here's what they said. Surveillance drones or unmanned aerial systems, that would be UAS raise significant issues for privacy and civil liberties. Drones are capable, highly advanced surveillance, and drones are capable, highly advanced surveillance. I think they, they miswrote that. You guys got to proofread your stuff, okay? Drones are, are capable, highly advanced surveillance. Oh, there we go. That's, that's a definitive statement. There we go. And drones already uh, in use by law enforcement can carry various types of equipment, including live feed video. Okay, check out this list. This is what these drones already do, okay? You think drones just go up and down and left and right and take pictures? No. This is an entire spy bonanza. Uh, so here's what this says. Uh, drones, uh, drones all in use by law enforcement can carry various types of equipment, including live feed video ca uh, cameras, live video cameras, infrared cameras, you know, those detect heat, probably like inside buildings, heat sensors, and radar. Radar? <laughs> what does a drone need radar for, right? You know, unless they're, they're trying to stay out of the way of other things, maybe other drones. I don't know. Is it like a, is it like a master supercomputer drone network? I don't know. Drones have radar. Right? Then it says some military versions can stay in the air for uh, 
stay in the air, the hours for hours or days at a time. They can stay in air, can stay in air the hours. So again, you guys, you got to get proofread your stuff. Let me try and read this in English. Some military versions, these are of the drones, surveillance drones, can stay in the air for hours or days at a time. And their high-tech cameras can scan entire cities. Or alternatively, zoom in and read a milk carton from 60,000 feet. Now, what is a drone doing at 60,000 feet? Okay, so that's what the spy planes are. That's like the SR-71 and the, and the U-2. And the spy satellites are above that. So we have drones at 60,000 feet. This is why they need radar, because they've got to show up on air traffic control radar to make sure the airliners don't hit them. You know, a little three-foot drone could you know, get in the engine. It's going to bring down an airliner. Well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, hopefully, they'll shut that engine off and land on the other one. <laughs> that's why they have two, right? Um, but what if there's a couple of drones up there? I mean, who knows? But I just find it fascinating. It says they can zoom in and read a milk carton from 60,000 feet. That's huge. <laughs> okay. Then it says they can also carry Wi-Fi crackers. I don't even know what those are. And I imagine those are, they have, so they have Wi-Fi. So they have the internet at 60,000 feet. That's pretty good. And fake cell phone towers. So, so they can carry Wi-Fi crackers and fake cell phone towers that can determine your location or intercept your texts and phone calls. So this is this is a new frontier, folks. This is drones are the drone is not really the word for it. You know, we need to call these, you know, big brother craft or something. But it says they can all carry Wi-Fi crackers and fake cell phone towers that can determine your location or intercept your texts and phone calls. So in other words, you fly these over I bet you they were flying over January sixth. Okay, that's my first thought. Were drones flying over January sixth? And nobody's talked about this yet. Well, I'm I'm not talking about it because I just heard about it yesterday. I didn't even know these things existed until today, until yesterday. But does it make sense that that 14,000 hours of video surveillance that we're not talked about, I bet you a lot of that's in drones. So you could see, you know, one thing we haven't seen in the, in the pictures, well, we see the January 6th pictures with all the Trump supporters there. Well, who was there before the Trump supporters were there? And is there footage of that? And is that what they're not showing us? See, this makes sense to me, right? So these drones, these video camera drones, these drones that can check cell phones, heat sen- they've got heat sensors, infrared, they've got radar, they've got, uh, they, can do, they can do cell phone and, and Wi-Fi, and they can ch- ch- intercept your emails and phone calls. I'll bet you they surveyed everybody. They surveyed the, the Antifa Black Lives Matter FBI operatives who were there before anybody else because everybody else is listening to Trump's speech, right? And so Trump started an hour late. See, that hour is what, what, what you know, really gave, all the, all the, gave the cool away. Because they wanted to just blend in with the Trump supporters so nobody would see the difference. But we did see the difference because they had to stop Arizona before the Trumps. They had to stop Arizona from being challenged. That's what, that was Mike Pence's job and, and the coup. The job of Mike Pence and the coup was to stop Arizona from considering Trump electors. And that's what they did. Shut everything down for seven hours and, then, and the rest of the story you know. But what I want to know is, now that I'm thinking about this, you know, January, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Diane when she comes on. Hopefully she's listening now, but we'll find out. She's, you know, all my folks are busy. They don't have time to listen to all this stuff. That I, I do because it's my show. I have to, you know, be here. Anyway, so let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, talk, about, let's talk about surveillance. Write this down. Today. Does anybody know how to spell surveillance? It's, it's kind of a French word. It's a tough word to say. January 6th, well, it's, uh, you know, what's on there? That's a constant question, too. All right? So we'll, we're going to see if we can find that out, too. This is they also carry Wi-Fi. Okay. Da, 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 da. Drone manufacturers even admit they are made to carry less lethal weapons, such as tasers or rubber bullets. Okay? You with me? <laughs> I'm just going to let that sink in for, for, for a second here. We're going to say that one more time, just in case uh, you weren't quite listening. Drone manufacturers even admit 
they are made to carry less lethal weapons such as tasers or rubber bullets. So they can fly over a crowd. I'm sure they've got facial recognition technology. Intercept phone calls, intercept texts, find the person they're looking for, and either chase them or shoot them with a rubber bullet right there in a protest in an entire crowd of people. Betcha that technology exists. Hmm. Think about that next time you're in a football stadium and some drone flies by. In fact, think about that anytime a drone flies by. There's more to the article. I'm not done. <laughs> next paragraph. Thanks to a provision in the FAA Modernization and Reform Act of 2012, that was during the Obama administration. Hmm. Didn't Obama spy on President Trump? Didn't Obama greatly expand the Justice Department? Didn't Obama weaponize against uh, all those folks with his tax, the lowest learner taxing? Wasn't Obama the greatest domestic spy enemy of of Americans we've ever had? Gee, FAA Modernization and Reform Act of 2012. What a coincidence. Yeah, right. Guess what I get to look into as well? (laughs) That. So it says uh, the the FAA Modernization and Reform Act of 2012, drone Drones use in the United States is set to expand rapidly over the next five years. Okay, so this, so did they write this in 2012? If they wrote this in 2012, five years later, it'd be 2017. Uh, we're at 2023, <laughs> so let's let's say that it's expanded exponentially from when this was written. So now I got to find out what the current state is. Right? It says the act includes provisions to make the licensing process easier and quicker for law enforcement. Gee, what a friggin' surprise that is! <laughs> okay, so law enforcement gets their drones really fast. Yeah, how about private drones? Then it says by and by 2015. So this is written. This is probably written in 2012, right? It says and by 2015, commercial entities will also be able to apply for a drone authorization. So this is an older article. So now I'm going to find the current. And it, it was bad enough then. These things were weaponized in 2012. Last, that was 11 years ago. God knows what they do now. Paragraph in January 2012, the EFF, that's the electronic, was these guys here. Uh, the Electric Frontier Foundation. I got to get them on the on the show. January 2012, EFF uh, sued the Federal Aviation Administration under the Freedom of Information Act to determine which public and private entities had applied for authorization to fly drones. In response to the lawsuit, the FAA has released lists of the 60 public entities and 12 private drone manufacturers ha- that have sought permission to fly drones in the U.S. The agency has also released several thousand pages of records related to the entity's drone license applications. Well, the FAA did something right. They released uh, the information. Thank you, FAA. <laughs> Obviously, the, the Obama in, you know, administration hadn't headed it off, but uh, I guess that stuff's out there. Next paragraph, it says, the FAA has yet to provide information on how these drones will be used. <laughs> how about that? EFF, uh, the Electronic Fo- uh, Frontiers Foundation, has also partnered with MuckRock, that's M-U-C-K-R-O-C-K, the open government organization to conduct a drone census with the goal of determining just that. We have provided an easy-to-use form that ordinary citizens can use to file a public records request with their local police agency to ask what type of surveillance the agency plans to conduct with drones, if any, and what type of privacy protections it is providing to its citizens. Guess what I get to do? I get to call my Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Department, and I get to call the Milton Police Department you know, of Santa Rosa County, Florida, and find out exactly that. I'm going to make a public records request and find out what is the use of drones. I want to know now that I know about this. And this was years ago. Then it says privacy law has not kept up with the rapid pace of drone technology and police may believe they can use drones to spy on citizens with no warrant or legal process whatsoever. I think that was changed. I think uh, there was some kind of a court ruling that they couldn't do that. They couldn't just blatantly use drones whenever they wanted because a drone is a search device. Well, if you, if you have a search device, you need a search warrant before you can conduct a search. 
a search is not, you know, wiretaps of your phone. You know, if you've got a drone that can intercept phone calls, that's a, that requires a warrant. And it says several bills are currently going through Congress, which attempt to provide privacy protections to Americans who may be caught up in drone surveillance. I have a person, I have a friend of mine that I can ask about this who actually does a lot with drones. So maybe I can get him back on the show. In fact, he actually taught me, I'm not going to mention his name quite yet, but he actually taught me to fly drones. This is back at WEBY. So we had a drone flying around the studio while I was broadcasting, okay? That drone right in front of my face. It was hysterical, right? So I got this drone sitting right there buzzing, and the microphone picked up my, my voice, and it was okay. I don't think I can hear it on the recording. Maybe I'll find that one. Maybe, I'll, maybe that's the recording I'll play tomorrow. So let me make a big note to myself here. See if I can find the drone show. That would make the most sense, wouldn't it? And then I'll see if I can get that person back. But he taught me to fly a drone outside the studio. So after the show, I went out flying drones. It was great. They've got like a hover mode. You know, they've got like an autopilot. I mean, you can program to do stuff. And this is back then. This is several years ago. So now I'm really curious what they can do. All right. I'll, I'll see what I can do for you for tomorrow. So it says, duh, 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 duh. It's, uh, so several bills are currently going through Congress, which attempt to provide privacy protections to Americans who may be caught up in drone surveillance. As the number, you know, do you think the Republicans are going to put those privacy bills through, uh, you know, now that they have the House? Yeah. Well, it all depends if Kevin McDeepstate uh, becomes Speaker or somebody else does. We should talk about that, too, because they're doing everything they can, everything they can. The media is doing everything they can to push Kevin McCarthy on us. Why? Because he's part of the deep state like they are. You know, it's, it's a big club. Anyway, article says, as the numbers of entities authorized to fly drones accelerates in the coming years, the FAA estimates as many as 30,000 drones could be flying in the U.S. skies by 2020. It's probably 50,000 now. <laughs> All right. EFF will continue to push for transparency in the drone authorization process and work to ensure the privacy of all Americans is protected. And how are you going to do that? I'm just curious. How are you going to do that? You know, unless Congress goes along with it. All right. So fortunately, these folks had a couple of other articles. Um, and so let's 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 uh, it's right below here. So you got to go to this website, uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation, and just look up surveillance drones. And then, of course, more will come to. So here's more recent articles. This one's this is August 29, 2022. This is by Andre Arieta. So Andre, A-N-D-R-E-S with an accent. Arieta. A-R-R-I-E-T-A, August 29th, 2022, Electronic Frontier Foundation. And it says, over-the-horizon drones line up, but privacy is not in sight. That's an over-the-horizon drone. Well, the article is going to tell you. I haven't even read this one. I just, you know, this is one of those spontaneous articles. Uh, as I was, you know, we, we had a power fail this morning. So I got a little behind in my prep. So we're, I'm just going to wing it. Let me just read this article. It says, the Federal Aviation Administration, otherwise known as the FAA, will soon rule on beyond visual line of sight, and that's B-L-V-O-S, beyond visual line of sight drones, which are capable of flying while its operator, that would be the pilot, they call them pilots of drones, right, even though they're sitting on the ground, which are capable of flying while its operator uh, is far away. In other words, beyond the horizon. <laughs> okay. While these types of drones might offer benefits to society, think of deliveries, infrastructure inspection, and precision agriculture, uh, they also pose serious threats to our privacy. The FAA and the BVLOS industry need to meaningfully address the privacy issues that these types of operations pose to people. Do we want a future with a private with private industry flying drones over our heads with no transparency or protections for our privacy? Now, the previous article already said that these things can uh, tap into your cell phones and texts, uh, probably your internet. They can probably read your social media. Uh, they can do anything that uh, any, any other spy agency can do. So you know the federal government has a gazillion of these. The state governments probably do, especially in the leftist Marxist states, uh, and uh, even your local law enforcement. 
They can put a drone over your head while you're asleep and go through your entire computer record. They don't even have to, the FAA doesn't have to even break in anymore and, and steal your computers, you know, to read your stuff. They just read it by drone. Send a drone over your house. Middle of the night. These things are pretty quiet. And I've seen them in operation. I, I, when I was a tour guide in San Francisco, I used to watch the drones go out. The, uh, the biologists used them. They used, to, uh, they used them to track dolphins uh, in San Francisco Bay. So dolphins would come in about January, February. They'd stay for a couple months during the herring run, and then they'd leave. So when the dolphins came in, the, the biologists would send drones over them, you know, in the middle of the bay, <laughs> or somewhere in the bay. Uh, you know, actually, some of them were fairly close to shore. So they'd send the drones out, and these remarkable pictures would come back. And because each of these uh, dolphins were characterized by certain scars that they had, because all dolphins get scars, because their skin's kind of soft and, and is fairly easily damaged, uh, it repairs, but they still carry the scars. And so they could tell by the scars and marks and things on these dolphins, you know, which ones they were, and they identified them. And they could tell, you know, about how old they were and how, how you know, when they were coming back and which ones came back and which ones didn't, because you know, it was usually like a family. I think they call them pods. Maybe that's whales traveling pods. Whatever they call dolphins. But dolphins... These same families would come back, and they'd come back with baby dolphins, and my tour group would always get excited, the baby dolphins. And they weren't that far offshore. It was pretty amazing. But the, the folks, the, the biologists would fly the drones out. In fact, I, we had an arrangement where I used to call uh, the biologists when I saw a, uh, a pod of dolphins uh, in San Francisco Bay. It's like, yep, they're here. Here's where I see them. And the guy's like, great, thanks. Be right out. <laughs> and they grab their drones, drones, and they come on the front truck and photograph them. So we had a great arrangement between the tour guides in San Francisco and the biologists. So they could do their work. We could do our work. And uh, everybody was happy. It was great. But now they have these drones that they can go from, from without uh, – uh, they don't even have to watch them. They can program them. So they probably have GPS. I'm not sure they have GPS on board, right? So you've got GPS on these drones. They can tap into your phone. And I'm sure they can read your computer. They've got Wi-Fi. So they can hack into your computer. So the only reason for an FAA raid on somebody's house anymore is to intimidate them because they don't need to do that. They've got the drones that can, can already pick that up. So anytime we hear about an FAA raid on a, a, a justice, you know, an FBI KGB raid on a conservative, it's, it's got nothing to do with surveillance because they can do that without even uh, uh, any of us knowing. They can do warrantless, in other words, without a warrant, searches. Now, what people should understand too, and I did a little research on this earlier, when, when we talk about the, um, uh, the, the, the Fourth Amendment, which says we can't have an unreasonable search or seizure, you can't have a search without a warrant. Let me read exactly what it says just to make sure I don't uh, you know, send in any of us astray uh, on this particular thing because it, it was really interesting when I read the, the actual definition of what reasonable meant. So Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure, papers and effects, against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. Okay? So we think today of an unreasonable search is a search that's just absurd. It's crazy. You, had, you, you, know, you couldn't possibly have a reason to do that, all right? So it wasn't reasonable. You, your actions were unreasonable, okay? But that's not what unreasonable means uh, at the time the Fourth Amendment was written. What it means is the, you know, what you need for a search is a warrant. The, the warrant is the reason, okay? So if you have an unreasonable search, it means you have a, a search without a warrant. So when they talk about, in fact, it should have been changed to, and we did this in the Australian Bill of Individual Rights, change the term unreasonable to warrantless. So if, it, if you read it, it says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against warrantless searches and seizures. Now it all makes sense. Okay? So the reason to do the search is that you had a warrant. So it's, a, it's an unreasonable search if you don't have a warrant because you have to prove your reason to a judge. So that's how they thought back in, in the 1700s when the, when the Bill of Rights was written, that a search was only reasonable if you went to a judge with the reason and the judge found it reasonable and then give you a warrant. 
That's what, that's what reasonable means. It's not some arbitrary thing. It actually has a very specific definition, but people don't know that. I didn't know that until I looked it up. So, you got it. so in studying the Constitution, it's not that we interpret the Constitution. It's that we learn means, okay, without interpretation. I didn't interpret that. You know, that that's what the words mean. So when I said that a, an unreasonable search is a warrantless search, I'm not interpreting. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm actually going by the actual meaning of the Constitution, which is something the Supreme Court should do sometimes. We'll see what happens January 6th with uh, the Brunson case. Anyway, so back to the article. The FAA and the BVLOS uh, industry need to meaningfully address the privacy issues that these types of operations pose to people. Do we want a future with private industry flying drones over our heads with no transparency or protections from our privacy? Well, that, what, do you want your employer flying a drone over your head while you're asleep? You know, checking all your social media, checking all the websites you looked at, you know, in the last little while? Is, is this the future that we're talking about? I mean, this is what it seems to me. Okay, so these surveillance drones are incredibly dangerous. And I, I want to address that question of um, this whole idea. Well, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about. That's not true. It's not a question of hiding. It's a question of what is the government doing? What is the government looking for? Because if you have enough laws, then everybody is doing something illegal. There are so many laws out there. So, what you, so we're not hiding. We're protecting ourselves from the government using unjust laws against us. So do we have somebody to hide? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, if, you, if you've committed a crime, yeah, you probably got something to hide. Okay, but every person on the planet has something to protect. So it's not a question of something to hide, it's something to protect. And what we protect is ourselves, our lives, families, our property, our rights. So that's what we're protecting. So it's not a question of the government having, we don't have to prove to the government that we have nothing to hide. The government has to prove that we broke the law, that we did something wrong. So the burden is on them. So they don't have this right to do anything they want. They can't say, they say, well, if you have nothing to hide, okay? It's not a question of nothing to hide. The question is, do you have anything to prove? So what we have is a situation where we, in protecting ourselves, you know, we have a presumption of innocence. We didn't do anything. I don't have to prove to you I didn't do, I didn't, I didn't do something. You have to prove I did. And that's, what, that's the definition of freedom in a republic, is that you're free you know, from a government that you have to prove your innocence. So if you say, if the government says, well, you know, if you have nothing to hide, don't worry about us looking at you. That's not true. Basic privacy means that you can't just look at anybody. Basic, basic security. Houses, papers, home, what is it? Uh, paper houses, uh, effects, oh, persons. Fourth Amendment says it very clearly. The government cannot touch your person, house, paper, or effect unless they have a reason proven to a judge in a warrant. So the question is not whether I have something to hide. The question is, do you have a warrant to look? That's really what it comes down to. Does the government, whatever law enforcement agency, whatever, from, from your local, your local uh, police department all the way up to the Department of uh, Justice, KGB, do they have a warrant to look? That is the question. Someone says, well, if you have nothing to hide. So wait a minute. That's not the question. The question is, do you have a warrant to look? And if they have a warrant to look, then they've demonstrated to a judge that's due process. Then they can look. Okay, then it's that simple. Then you may have something to hide, but that's a different story. That's a, you know, we're talking about criminals here. All right, I digress. Let's get back to this article. What are BVLOS drones? That's beyond visual uh, line of sight. Okay, line of sight, that's a, like a line of sight is a direct line between uh, the, the transmitter and the receiver. Okay, so FM, FM radio operates on line of sight. So the line of sight, that's why FM towers are high up on a mountain. So in order for you to receive an FM radio signal, there has to be a direct line of sight unencumbered by a mountain or an obstruction between the transmitter on top of that mountain and you. That's line of sight. The curvature of the earth prevents line of sight 
after a certain distance. So the higher and higher, if you want to have further and further line of sight out to sea, for example, you've got to have a higher and higher tower. Well, the line of sight has gone now because they, they've got drones that can fly right over your head. So they're bringing line of sight with them beyond visual range, line of sight. Fascinating. Back to the article. What are BVLOS drones? Drones are uncrewed aircraft. In other words, there's no people. Drones are uncrewed aircraft that can either fly automatically, oh, that's interesting, or are remotely operated. Sometimes they are called unmanned aircraft systems, UAS. You have probably seen people flying small drones to take photos or videos of landscapes or events. Yeah, aren't those great? I love those things. Anyway, in the last few years, drones have become popular among hobbyists for drone racing. Yeah, that's really cool. You can take an abandoned building and get the camera out and race drones around the abandoned building. I love that. So this is for drone racing, video, and photography. In 2016, the FAA published rules as Part 107 uh, on later uh, Remote 2, which cover many of these small drones. However, the operator must be within visual line of sight. In other words, you can see your drone, you know, with eye contact of the drone. Okay, that is then they just say it. That is, you need to be able to see with your own eyes where your drone is. Okay, so that's that's a visual line of sight. BVLOS is when operators are not within visual distance of the drone, allowing the drones to fly much longer distances. The pilots could be over the horizon or even on the other side of the world. Yeah, we have military drones that are flown by computer screens in like Colorado, and they're you know, flying over you know, Afghanistan or Ukraine. Uh, so, that, so they call it the people that fly drones pilots, even though they're on the ground. All right. BVLOS drones bring new challenges to operations. For example, since BVLOS drones fly longer distances, maintaining communication and control of the drone is even more important. Well, how do you do that if you don't have line of sight? Let's find out. Also, because you are not there to see where it is, and have a full view of the airspace around the drone, maintaining awareness of the surrounding airspace becomes more challenging. In other words, because you can't see it, you can fly into stuff, or stuff can fly into you. What about the birds? Just a thought. For these and many other reasons, BVLOS drones require their own rules, which will be uh, flown mostly by industry. Yeah, because they're expensive. It says if you want to fly a BVLOS drone, there are no rules yet, so you would have to apply for a waiver with the FAA. Because of this uncertainty, industry has been asking the FAA for BVLOS rules. And so the FAA convened an aviation rulemaking committee, that's an ARC, on BVLOS drones to start working on these rules. This is going to be interesting. Now, how does this apply to government? So Diane, when she hops on here in about 20 minutes or so, we're going to talk about drones that were flying over her head. Those were government drones. Do government drones automatically have an FAA waiver? I would say so. So how close can they get? How many times can they fly over a crowd? See, see airplanes, if you, the first thing a small plane pilot learns is you can't fly over a crowd unless you're like 1,000 feet or higher. And a lot of times, if it's a political, special, diplomatic, or other event, there's going to be restricted airspace above that, uh, above that event. So you, so you can't fly over an event. I'm guessing that there was a temporary flight restriction over Governor DeSantis uh, swearing in an inauguration yesterday. I'll, that if I looked it up, I would find that that area is probably restricted within 10 miles and at least 3,000, possibly 5,000 feet. So any airplane within 10 miles or 5,000 or 5, foot of altitude, you know, within that little circle of restricted airspace, might find an F-16 F6, on their butt, you know, because uh, it would have been restricted. And all the instrument flight plans would have been diverted and all the other stuff. And all the people that were under positive control from air traffic control would have been rooted around that airspace. I'm sure there's airspace restrictions over the Capitol uh, in Tallahassee anyway. Betcha, betcha. So there we go. So let's go. Let's go. What are the privacy threats? Let's get to the meat of this article. It says, what are the privacy threats? BLOS, beyond visual line of sight. 
drones, rules will open the doors for larger commercial operations to fill the skies with long-distance drones. Oh, great. They will deliver merchandise and inspect equipment. Many communities, well, a lot of people are getting out of work, by the way. You know, a lot of people that do, uh, you know, pipeline and, uh, you know, tower line inspections. It's all going to be done from the office with a drone. Okay. Progress, right? This is they will deliver merchandise and inspect equipment. Many communities will be impacted by multiple BVLOS drones flying over their heads with all types of sensors that collect all kinds of data. Oh, there we go. And there, there, in essence, that one sentence lies the problem. Many communities will be impacted by multiple BVLOS drones flying over their heads with all types of sensors that collect all kinds of data. See, there is no privacy anymore. Okay, this is why I don't mind saying things on the show. There is no privacy anymore. So you might as well just say it. Get out there. This is because drones are flying over your house uh, and other property at low altitude. The traditional barriers like fences to your, prop- to your privacy do not apply. Drones can see into your backyard, and they can have better views of your private life. And don't forget, too, Wi-Fi. Uh, they can intercept your texts, your phone calls. They can probably hack into your computer. Uh, they've got heat sensors, infrared. They have weapons, tasers, and rubber bullets. These things are like their own little arsenal, right? Then it says, with, and I got Pianca now. I guess I'm in just a second. It says, with drones fly, potentially over your home multiple times per day, industry can have a better sense over the chronology of your routines. For example, if they have cameras, they can see if there are cars outside, how many and what type, at what times, and even the license plates. They could also conduct facial recognition on the people present to see who is in your backyard at various times during the week. And it's not just about cameras. Drones can also have microphones, L-I-D-A-R, I have no idea what that is, Wi-Fi scanners, and any other mounted sensor. When industry uses sensors to collect information about you, industry all too often shares it with government. For example, Ring collects visual, that's the, that's the doorbell camera, right? Ring collects visual and audio information from residents and passersby and has given access to law enforcement without warrants or user, con, or user consent. All manner of government agencies are exploiting private surveillance networks and data brokers to circumvent protections for the people. I'll give you another one right now, social media. You know, Twitter and the FBI, uh, Facebook and the FBI, all the social media is directly connected to the FBI, FBI KGB. Okay, so there is no there is no data protection. Everything you put on Facebook automatically goes to government. I'll give you another one. Ancestry. All that DNA that they're collecting. I guarantee you that's going to government. Everybody's having a genetic uh, profile made of them by Ancestry, uh, 23andMe, all those genetic companies that, that tell you who, you know, who your family is. You know, that's what they're doing with it. All right. Um, but there has been some good. A lot of DNA has actually exonerated some people from prison. So I've got, how much more do I have here in this article? Almost done, but let me get, let me bring uh, Pekanka, and then I'll get to YEFF dissent with final recommendations. Let's find out that. So uh, Pianki, what do you think of all this, this surveillance, these drones? I didn't know anything about this until yesterday. I started looking at it. It's quite fascinating. That's why you need to have a 12 gauge in a gun. Now, wait a minute. You're destroying government property. You start shooting a drone. First of all, you've got an unauthorized firearms discharge. You know, and they're going to hear it. The drones probably have listening devices. Don't, and, and don't a lot of neighborhoods have these shot coordination microphones when they hear a gunshot, they triangulate, find out where the gunshot came from? Yeah, well, once you, once you hit them in the ear, they can't hear. But no, so what if we have a – how about an anti-drone you know laser? Everything you, Go ahead. Yeah, we can get one of those too. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I remember a long time ago, I was driving in Belleville, Illinois, 
and I seen a traffic camera. First time I ever seen one. We didn't have them in St. Louis at the time. Mm-hmm. But oh, how things quickly changed. And everything that you just read is true on how the government is going about collecting information on you from TikTok. You know, when you uh on your computer, you got Windows mm-hmm. 11, and it comes with MSN. Uh, as soon as you click a story, first thing it wants to do is activate your camera. That's why you should always keep a piece of tape over the camera lens on your laptop or any other computer because mm-hmm. they will come on automatically and take a picture. And that's exactly what they're doing. I have they a business are card. Collecting data on you that you don't know yeah. about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got a business card folded over my uh, my camera, so nobody takes a picture of me unless uh, they get they get this opaque image. I've seen it because I forget to remove it when I do it, like a Zoom call. I, say, I I can't see myself. I say, oh, it's a business card. <laughs> so I just got to take it off. But uh, yeah, and the yeah, same thing with surveillance cameras at your house too, Greg. Mm-hmm. You know that? Yeah. Well, see, I they just found out they had a ring thing. Yeah, the ring is is uh, is direct access as well. But yeah, what? But what I found is that they could harbor a drone over your house. This is the part that I think was, was probably the scariest. Is that the, any, but private industry can do this too, right? So they can hover a drone over your house at night while everybody's asleep or over the day. Nobody would know it's there. These things are really quiet. And they can, they've got heat sensors. They've got infrared. You know, they, they know which people you know, are cool around. They know which the people are cooking. They know which people are, how many people are there. They know if you've got company. They, they can, I, I, mean, I bet you it's because they have Wi-Fi. They can hack into your computer. Right from uh, the NSA in Washington, with a drone over your head. Mm-hmm. This is crazy stuff. So here's a question for you: If nothing is private, then we might as well have fun. I mean, what, how do we combat this? They're, get, they're getting all this information. We can't stop them from getting all the information on us. But me, I'm an open book. You know, anything I'm thinking, pretty much goes on the air. So if you want to know what I'm thinking and doing, listen to the show. I'm not hiding anything. And since we can't hide anything anyway, so how do we live our lives in a world where you can't hide anything? You still have to live your life. You must just do it anyway, whatever it is you want to do. Because they're going to be watching you. You, know, I don't know who's you, can watching. In, you can live in a world. Matter of fact, you've got parts of the world that you can be in that don't have any laws. You just, like I said, you can head out and do what you want to with these things that's following you around. But they have uh, all those individual that was participating in riots, uh, breaking in stores, burning, they know who they are, even mm-hmm. though they have masks on their face, because this technology can see through the mask mm-hmm. and create an image of you. It also can detect your aurora from your uh, failure of DNA. See, that I didn't know about. I haven't seen that in the article, but that's, that's, that's really interesting. I don't know how that works. But they've got infrared. You know, Everybody's got a heat signature. Infrared. Everybody's got a you know, they can do a profile of your body temperature, I'm sure, and they could, uh, you know, profile you that way. They could pick people out of a crowd. This is, what, this is when we're talking to Diane here at the top of the hour, because she, she, this is what got the start. It was she said all these drones were flying over the crowd, you know, that was watching um, Governor DeSantis' inauguration. Well, that to me was fascinating. Were those Republican drones? Were those FBI KGB? Was it uh, the county sheriff of, of Tallahassee? I'm not sure what county that's in. You know, was it all the above? And do they have radars so they avoid each other? They seem to have radar. You know, is it like a master computer? Well, there's ways to defeat them. There's ways to defeat them in your house. If you apply a thermal shield barrier around your home, 
they can't, it's difficult for them to see through that. If they do, then they're down there using phasers. But, uh, yeah, but very few people would do that. They, yeah. But since I can't imagine people, they would allow them to fly over the Santa. Well, they can fly anywhere. Well, they were flying over. That's what we're going to find out. Now, did they fly directly over the governor? I don't think so. But they flew over the crowd. So now I'm going to find out, you know, how big, how close. I'm going to get a real description of these things. So I'll be, I'll be following up on this. I'm going to be looking up surveillance drones, types of drones, manufacturers of drones, you know, because everybody likes to tell their story. So they're going to tell us what's going on. My question, of course, as, and I mentioned this about 15, 20 minutes ago, is January 6th. What drones were flying over the crowd? What drones have what information while the Trump supporters were still there at the Capitol, at the White House, which is mid-Washington, D.C., and, uh, and who was there at the Capitol building at the far end? Well, you got so, satellites that can reveal that information. You have satellites that uh, keep a archival uh-huh. history of yep. the whole area. And so you the can fact see that, where Trump was, and you can see to where the Capitol was, and you can uh, follow Trump's uh, crowd. There's something going on here we just ain't detected yet. Yeah, but we, but we still have our logic and reason. We still have our brains. And even if they watch everything I do, you know, uh, I still say it on the radio. <laughs> There's not really anything to hide, which, which leads to my other question that I had. Uh, if, if the government has this capability, which I'm sure they do, if they can, you know, without even a warrant, send a drone over your house, tap into your, your, your cell phone, your phone calls, your texts, uh, your emails, you know, everything that's on your computer, if they can hack into that, the only reason that they're arresting people and throwing them in jail is intimidation because they already have the information. You know, if they can spy on you, why would you throw a Roger Stone or a Paul Manafort or uh, any of the January 6th people? It's just regular, just people that were, you know, just walked into the Capitol when the doors were open and the Capitol Police said, come on down. Come on in. The Price is Right. You know, it, it was the Price is Right riot. You know, come on down. <laughs> you know, the Capitol Hill Invitational Walk-In. If they, why would they oh, go after those people and walk them up when they, are, well, they could have surveyed them by drone and, and found out everything, that, uh, everything about them? Unless it was intimidation. Unless it's a scare tactic. I mean, why else would you do it? Well, Greg, there's a, there's a lot of things going on, and people permitted to go on. And uh, I keep telling you, the federal government is completely out of control. Oh, I know Nobody that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm sure they're watching us and listening to us because we talk about some pretty controversial things here, like, I don't know, a constitutional amendment to uh, uh, take away the power of Congress to borrow money. <laughs> you know, that's a big deal. That, that's 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 historic in terms of uh, uh, U.S. history. Control. All What's that? you control then is with constitutional amendment. That's it. Yeah, and enforced constitutional amendment. So the public has to be behind it. So I don't know where this is going to go, but it's going to be very interesting. Let me just finish up this article here. Uh, it's scary enough as it is, but but the, you notice that the, the, the government industrial connection. So in other words, private industry will spy and they'll give the results to government because government knows they can't go to a judge directly. So they, they tell companies, okay, we're, we're not going to investigate you. you know, we're not going to uh, you know, make your life miserable if you give us the information we want, even though we can't ask you for it in court. Tell me. The Trump campaign. You remember Trump said that his offices was bugged? Well, Obama I actually went over that a little. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. In fact, I, I mentioned that Trump was What on. did Obama say? He said he didn't do it. Obama <laughs> of course said he did. there's no court, there's no records of any court order. Uh, surveillance of your of your oh uh, of your that's 
Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't know he said that. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is the new rules for these drones came in in 2012. That was the beginning of the second term. Well, no, what the, they did, they, Obama's used, second private, term. they yep. used private companies to do it. That's why it was no court order. Do you know which private companies? Has anybody looked into that? Is that a judicial watch thing? Do you have any more information I imagine on that? Nobody, I don't imagine nobody did, but that's how it does. It's because you uh, or the federal government didn't authorize it directly by going through the proper channels. That doesn't mean that you couldn't get a private company to do it. Makes sense. Let me give you a couple more paragraphs, and then we'll get Diane. We'll see what she says about all this. He says, what is an ARC, A-R-C? And it says, ARCs are advisory groups that help the FAA make recommendations on rulemaking. Because they're going to try to make rules on all this to, to make it legal for them to spy on us illegally, right? This is a group of experts sit down for a period of time to discuss all possible aspects on a particular topic, such as operations, certification, maintenance, etc. Then those suggestions are considered by the FAA when it writes the rules. Now, as we know, rules can be made without Congress. If, uh, if a rulemaking body like the FAA publishes a rule, and Congress doesn't object to it within a certain amount of time, I think it's 90 days, then the rule takes effect and the rule has the impact of law. That is unconstitutional because all legislation has to uh, begin and end with Congress. They have to pass a law. They have to pass a rule, and they're not doing it. So anything, anytime the yeah, rule is made – it has to be open up for public scrutiny too. Well, they do have the public comment period, but, they, but that doesn't matter because the rulemaking body does whatever they want anyway. I mean, how many rules have been stopped? The only thing I can think of – and they brought it back in another form, was that Disinformation Bureau. Public comment stopped that, but they did the same thing under another name. And because we don't know what that other name is, uh, you know, we, we don't know where it is. But they didn't brag about it the second time. They just did it in secret. So, you know, most of these agencies have to be gone through. And I, I'd fire everybody and start over with all these agencies. Just fire everybody. Or, or you know, and then, or, or gradually, you know, make it to a point, 10 years of service, you're out. You know, because you're probably too corrupt after that. So if you want term limits, I want term limits on on bureaucracies and bureaucrats. Let me just finish this up a little bit here. It says, in June 2021, the FAA convened a new ARC, as we're talking about here, advisory groups, right, on BVLOS, Beyond Visual Line of Sight Drones. EFF, that's the Electronic uh, Futures Foundation. I don't get their name right. Hang on. Uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation. There we go. Electronic Frontier Foundation, uh, the American Civil Liberties Union, that's interesting, and the Electronic Privacy Information Center, EPIC, E-P-I-C, were some of the organizations participating, uh, though this committee was largely dominated by industry. Of course it was. On March 10th, 2022, so that's not that long ago, the FA released the final report from the UASBVLOSARC. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> which contains the recommendations to which most other participants could agree but EFF, EFF, ACLU, and EPIC voted as non-concurrent with the final report and submitted letters of dissent. So in other words, the only agencies uh, in this UASBVLOSARC group that actually dissented was the EFF, ACLU, and EPIC. In other words, the people that uh, protect our rights or try to. Fascinating. Then it says, why did EFF, that's the Electronic Frontiers Foundation, the group who wrote this article, dissent with the final recommendations? And it says, while we appreciate the effort that the FAA made to include civil society organizations like ours in the VLOSARC, the setup was not right for a full discussion of the civil liberties threats that these drones pose. Yeah, I'll bet it wasn't. The ARC was heavily dominated by industry. The target time to come up with the proposal was only six months, and none of the working groups were designed to address privacy issues thoroughly. 
well, that sounds what that's what we call a setup, folks. <laughs> this is the government industry, you know, go through a formality so they can spy on you illegally. That's what this really is. Then it says, indeed, when we raise the topic of privacy, some industry groups push back to not even have a conversation on privacy. Of course not, because they want the government contracts. This is about money, too. Then it says, we propose some basic principles. We also suggested that another process be created with the right members, including diverse groups and committees, to thoroughly discuss and propose privacy rules. So guess what was left out of the privacy discussion with the drones? The privacy. (laughs) Okay, so let me get your comments so far, and then I'll give you some of the... uh, uh, what their recommendations were. Isn't it amazing? The setup. Pianki's busy. That's okay. He's muted. Let me come back and uh, finish this article. It says, our main concerns with the ARC report are voluntary privacy practices, non-binding principles offer no protection for the public, nor any real incentive for operators to comply, leaving the field wide open for abuse. First problem. Second problem, lack of transparency. These rules do not ensure the public can understand what's flying over them, which is the first step towards holding industry accountable. I believe it. Third point, lack of community engagement and control on invasive operations. And four, lack of thorough considerations of negative uses and impacts of drones. And they have the layer of dissent, which I'll probably go over the next time. Last little bit, it says transparency. Transparency is essential to empower people and to maintain accountability, but the drone industry lacks that transparency. During the BVLOSARC, we proposed a set of balanced transparency principles for industry that address the possible intrusions from government. One consideration is privacy, not secrecy, for drone operators as well. Well, that's interesting. For example, we suggested that when applying to operate a BVLOS, now that Diane's on the line, a beyond visual line of sight drone, the operator must report the types of sensors and their use. This should include type and purpose of the drone operation. The operator should detail the purpose of its operation so the public can understand its nature and also hold them accountable for mission creep. In other words, going beyond what they're supposed to do. So, Diana, I'm curious to just think of what happened yesterday in terms of the drones, and then we're going to sort of relate some of the things I'm talking about now. Next thing they want, technical capabilities. This should include not only the operational capabilities of the aircraft, distance, airtime, altitude, payload weight, etc., but also the sensors on board, their capabilities, and the data collection in which they will engage. For example, if the drone carries cameras, the operator would have to disclose the power of any zoom lens, how that zoom is controlled, automated process or remote operator, the camera's resolution, that's how clear the picture is, the camera's spectral range, that would be infrared, ultraviolet, beyond visual, right? And any live AI, that's artificial intelligence, or analytics capabilities that it uses, right? Data collected, almost done. The operator should detail all data collection that will occur during the operation. For example, if video will be collected, this would include information on when that video will be collected. I like to see where it's also shown, too. How that data is used. Next point. The operator should detail the collected data's intended use. For example, for navigational purposes, detection and avoidance of obstacles, infrastructure inspection, etc. Or how about crowds? Okay, two more points. Data disclosure. Who other than the operator can access the data or with whom will it be proactively shared and for what purpose? And lastly, privacy impact assessment. The operator should provide an assessment of how the operation with the sensors, data collection, and sharing that it involves will affect communities over which this operation will take place and what mitigations will address these issues. And then it says, so what now? 
Now we wait for the FAA to publish its rules on beyond visual line of sight drone operations. We hope at this time the FAA will address our concerns and add some of our proposals. Then I've got all kinds of details and other things like that. But let's bring on uh, Diane, who started me on this wild chase. <laughs> and uh, so just out of curiosity, you're live now. So just out of curiosity, um, did you, was there, was any of those things recommended, you know, presented to you about the drones before they flew over your head? This is a rhetorical question. No. Yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> I'm really torn about it. It kind of made me feel more protective that they were watching the crowd and making sure no one was going to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. But it also was really creepy. I had one that flew over my head. It's literally like five feet over my head, and it stayed there for a couple of minutes. I kind of wanted to swat it down. It was being really annoying. Yeah. Well, Pianca like, was talking about a shotgun. Over my head? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I used like a little pea shooter or something, taking it down. They were small. They were like maybe two feet across. I mean, I couldn't okay. take it out with my hand. It was small, well, and they were all Describe everything you see on it. I want, to, I want to see if I can track down the manufacturer, and uh, I, don't, I don't suppose it had a logo on it, but describe it in detail. I'm going to see if I can match this up when I do my, my drone investigation between now and tomorrow's show. What it look like? Tell me everything. I, How many propellers? I'm terrible. Things hanging down, everything. Tell me everything know. you remember. Okay. Oh, come I on. Don't. It was great. Okay. It was about what a else? foot. Um, it had... Um, it looked more like a uh, a jet. It didn't have like the little propellers. It didn't look like it had little propellers. Um, really, like an I internal didn't... fan, maybe. Like an internal. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. It had two fixed wings on it. It was probably it literally two feet in width from wingtip to wingtip. It wasn't mm-hmm. tall. Um, it was probably. I, and I, of course, didn't have it right in front of me. It was above me, so it was harder to see. So I could see underneath it. Mm-hmm. But um, were anything hanging down? It was probably, cameras. No, I didn't. Microphones. Not really. Didn't any, look like any, it. Any like a lens? I think the glasses. microphone was on the belly. Oh. The camera was on the belly of it. Yeah. That's, but I, I really wasn't looking for specific. Next time, tell me. <laughs> But that was a gimbal. It was intimidating with looking up at the – you're sitting out in the crowd, and you look up at the tallest building, and all of a sudden you see three snipers up there. It was like, We're going to wow, talk about that in a minute. Okay. I, I want to explore the drone thing first. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Pianca, give you a quick point. Then I'm going to hold you up just for a little bit, and I'll get back to you, and then I want to yeah. talk to Diane about this. Go ahead. You know, my grandson's working on his, his uh, 107 certification. So for dr- well, then let's get him on drone. the show. Yeah, let's get him on the show and talk about that because well, I, I want to investigate this in yeah. detail. Yeah. Okay. But what they suppose to have is identification on the size of them so that you can see them. And those drones were probably operated by FPV, which is first personal, uh, first person uh, vision, I believe it is. And uh, you know they can they can be operated. But you know, here's the thing too, Greg. You should have a right to. I say you don't want these things flying over your head. She said she could use a pea shooter to shoot them down. Well, that would have been a cool thing to do. Took, you know, you, they shouldn't be flying over your head if you don't want them flying over your head yeah, because yeah, it can exactly. be dangerous. Well, yeah, and I want to explore all that. I want to get all the details I can first on this. So, so hang on for a second. I'll get back to you. And let me talk to. I want to, I want to get all the everything you remember about these things. Did you say there were microphones or, or just a camera in the belly? What, what do you remember about it? I mean, she's got valid points. I'm going to, I want to address all those, but I want, to, I want to get all the details first. 
So what uh, what did you? I, I didn't you know I was supposed to take notes, Greg. <laughs> well, I know, but I'm I trying, to, trying to get going, your, going, your your reporter brain, your instant recall, because it obviously yeah. it bothered you. It was hovering right over you. Well, well, it didn't hover over me until the very end, and that was like right at. I mean, he'd already been inaugurated, and uh-huh. it was almost over, and it was it just kind of hung. But all the other times they were pretty far from us, and but. So I couldn't really see them when they were really far. Yet there was a bunch of them. I probably at least ten. And uh, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty small space. I didn't. I'd never been there before. I thought it was going to be a lot bigger space. And and they had up the Capitol with the steps where they did the inauguration and everything. And then there was like a big wall in front of us, and we couldn't get in the fence because they didn't. They only oversold it by probably three times. But this wasn't so, an admission. Did you um, pay was, for tickets, or, or was this just by invitation? No. Or how did... It was invitation only. So, so how um, could they oversell it then? If it's invitation only, did people they, just show they up? Over-invited. And... Oh, okay. They over-invited. Okay. Over-invited. So describe the scene. So we're at, we're at the Capitol building in Tallahassee. You're on the steps of the Capitol. You know, what's around? Is it a busy street? Is it a wide-open park? What does it look like? Well, they had all the streets closed down. We drove in. I drove in with Angie in um, that morning, and right. the, we drove by the Capitol, and all the streets were blocked up. There was police everywhere. And then we okay. parked at the Capitol Mall, and we took a bus in, and that was much mm-hmm. better for all of us because you don't have to find a parking place. Huh. And so that was an adventure in itself. But we get to there, and we're driving up, and you see these two huge cannons, and we drove right between them. Cannons? And I'm thinking, oh my, cannons! What can- two huge cannons. They would look like old timey Civil War kind of looking like. And I don't okay, know, so these were cannons. we're not gonna like anti aircraft guns. They used them. They used. Oh, them. they were they were they were able to be used. They were. They did the 21 were- gun salute with them. Oh, okay. But we're not talking and, about live they, fire cannons. Off the first- yeah, they are. They were. Okay, but these are for demonstration. These are for ceremonial purposes. We're not talking about a like, like I said, it's not an anti-aircraft battery. I just want people to uh, to do, these aren't loaded with ammunition. Yeah. These are just loud, right? They look like they could be. <laughs> oh, so okay. Them and I'm like, whoa, look at those. Yeah, I mean, it. We drove between them, and then when at the very end after he's inaugurated, and then there was this loud boom, and I'm like, oh my god, we're getting attacked. <laughs> And then another one went off, and another one off. Like, oh, okay, twenty-one gun salute with the cannons. They were loud and a lot of smoke, and they were out on. There's a main parkway that comes in that you can just see straight in to see the front of the Capitol, and that's the street that those were on, and that's where we drove in through the buses, and so you could see them from where we were standing. It's all this smoke coming up, but um, it was an interesting day. There was so many wild things that happened. Well, tell me more. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. Well, um, we came in, and we realized we weren't going to get in. And we did find Patty Burke. She was sitting up in the, in the grass, and we were texting her and waving to her. She yeah. did make it in. Yeah, so, we, may um, want to, but, we may want to hold on on names of folks just in case, you know, for whatever reason. Oh. Um, just in case. That's okay. okay. You know, these are public people, people you're talking about. Well, we just thought, in case it's like a we private saw citizen. other friends there, yeah. too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we ended up um, – there was a this fence, and we couldn't get past the fence. And there was a lot of thousands and thousands of people out there. So everybody's kind of mm-hmm. working their way up to be able to see. And they um, they brought down all the justices, and they uh, they inaugurated everybody. 
And uh, so I think I saw Ashley Moody and, and husband walking out. There. I, I yeah. showed just a little bit of the video. Okay, so who came out the door before the. I think her dad the was the one that. Was it her dad? I think one of them had her dad come inaugurate him. And uh, okay. And then well, there was a lot of other people like former like Jeb Bush was there. And really. They brought in they, yeah. And then a bunch of uh, all the justices came down. One of the justices did uh, well. They inaugurated, but they uh, the what is his name? Um, he's so the, this is Florida Supreme Court we're talking about. NGO. No, 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 no. The um, the finance guy. What is his name? He he got inaugurated too. Oh yeah, and what's course, his name? Yeah, um, Patronus. Is that his name? Yeah, I think so. I don't Joey. Remember. He's got like a but, mafia. Um, Sorry, Joey. I'm the finance guy. Okay, what do you want? I want you want Florida's a great place to invest. Yeah, funny. come on. Okay, what do you want? What are you talking about? Okay, fine. Sorry. Yeah, Jimmy Petronas. Sworn in as well. Sorry, Jimmy. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Okay. He uh, he was uh, sworn in as well, and they all you know sworn in for their oath of office, and I, I thought that was so important after what the Brunsons you know are going after. So now, I um, noticed something. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. All right. Now, I don't know if you noticed this. I didn't. I didn't hear it myself. I, so I've watched the uh, DeSantis take the oath about three or four times on videos and news shows. If you notice the Florida oath, it says, "I will support and defend the Constitution," and then he said, "and the government of the United States." Did you pick up on that? Yeah. Well, that's not that's yeah. not correct because if the government of the United States is outside the Constitution, why would you swear an oath to defend the government? Just a thought. We may need to change that yeah. oath. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this yeah. is a big, to me, this is a big deal. I also find it interesting that um, both Katie Hobbs, in her attempt to take the oath of office uh, for her stealing the governorship of Arizona, had the exact same problem that Obama had the first time he tried to take the, uh, the oath of office for president. They stumbled, they laughed, they whatever. I think there's like some reservoir of guilty conscience with these people that when they know they're committing, you know, you know, monumental treasonous, felonious acts that uh, they stumble over their oath of office because they can't see It's like it's hard for people to lie. If you have any kind of a conscience, it's tough to be a really good liar, unless you're a total sociopath like Dr. Fascist. But for, for most people, it's yeah. difficult to do. And I find... I find it fascinating that the, either the stolen elections or, or the fake citizenship or any of the things that, uh, that are circulating now about Katie Hobbs and Obama, both of them stumbled over their oath of office. That, to me, is very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So what about the swearing an oath to the government as well as the Constitution? That seems to me an inconsistency, an incongruity. How do you do that? Say that again. Um, I need a little bit louder. You know? I would. I said I would think that you would just need to swear to the Constitution. You don't. I mean. Well, the Constitution the is I, supreme. I, I the Constitution is yeah. supreme to the government. That's like saying I will swear an oath to the Constitution and the laws, regardless of whether the laws, you know, are consistent with the Constitution. But you can't do that. You know. I mean, this may be a small point, but I think it's a big point. I think it's a huge point. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. This is quite fascinating. So getting back to what we're talking about with the drones, and uh, looks like Pianca had to leave us for a bit. But uh, the, as far as the drones go, uh, again, you have no idea what they collected. 
You had no idea they were going to be there. You have no idea whether you were photographed, videotaped, microphoned. You have no oh, idea I'm whether they sure had. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I feel free. We were videotaped, and yeah, I'm sure. There's okay. Videotaping and everything and watching everybody. You could mm-hmm. see the crowd. I mean, you, there was tons of police everywhere. You know. Did you get the guys with the microphones? You could tell. Uh, did you yeah. see the the yeah, the, the earpiece, the sunglasses? You know, the people that think they're Secret yeah. Service and they're really not. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a ton. I mean, I felt I felt very protected. I didn't. I was a little worried that I'd feel like you know because the Santa's is a threat. And you know, it was kind of. I I feel like it it was a, could have been a very dangerous situation. If they wanted to take him out, they could have taken out a whole lot of Florida government at the same time. You know. Describe but, they. Um, they did. Describe they. They is a very key word whoever, here. They. Go ahead. Whoever doesn't whoever doesn't want him in office. And and who might that be? be? Quite a few of them. Uh, okay. Yeah. You want to speculate? We're in speculation mode here. Yeah. But that's the fun oh, of the show. Wow. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. The deep state. You yeah, know the, the 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 Hillary Clinton Barack Obama wing of the Marxist uh, coup that stole the government and installed an idiot. You know Joe Biden to do their bidding for him. Well, whoever that's runs who. BlackRock now. Well, and BlackRock too. Yeah. So so we're talking about we're talking about fascism. Okay, so we're talking about the merger of the corporate yeah. world and the government world into a unified totalitarian entity to control all our lives. That's the definition of fascism. Okay, and so you tie in big tech media and things like that, you know, uh, big tech and media, and it's all part of the cabal. So, one of the things I'm going to be exploring more is the assassination of John Kennedy, because I find it very yeah. interesting that the things that he stood for are the very things yeah. that Donald Trump and his brother, for. yeah, and his brother who got well, assassinated as well. And I'm waiting for that one to pop up where well, I'm not waiting because. No, the I just CIA? wanted the, them to report that he was, you know, a, a, an employee of the CIA. That's coming mm-hmm. out next, I bet. Yeah, 30 and 30. And 30. So well, they wanted well, to get rid of him, too, because he had the same ideology as brother. Yeah. So this gets very interesting. Now, Robert Francis Kennedy Jr., who I, had, I know people who know him directly, you know, which is kind of interesting. So I'm, I'm like one step away from some amazing people. You know, I know people who know people, and those people are, are pretty incredible. So, but the question is, before I'm heard, he's talking more about this now. And so he says, I think he's, I, I, I'm just trying to go on what I remember hearing, but I'll, I'll verify it. But it looks like he said pretty directly the CIA killed uh, his uncle. And yeah. so he's not, he's not, and his father. And he's not, uh, he's not holding yeah. back on this now. And so this is going to be very interesting. But what did John Kennedy stand for? Freedom. Was he for wars everywhere? No. So he's not part of the permanent war class. In fact, he, he's not the one that escalated Vietnam. Johnson was. Now I know what Johnson and the CIA yeah. con- concocted together. But you have to look at, uh, you know, who benefits. You know, we don't always know who, but we can speculate on who benefits. Well, the CIA benefits from wars overseas because they run the drugs. You know, they had the Golden Triangle in Vietnam. They had the opium uh, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Those are drug centers. Yeah. I don't know what Korea had to do with anything, but those are drug centers. So CIA makes money off of war. The military-industrial complex. And look at the whole F-35. The, the purpose of the F-35 is to spend trillions of dollars on something that doesn't work all that well. And we know that because one just crashed in Fort Worth, Texas a little while ago. Have you heard about that had on the news? pockets with money. Yeah, no, but the, but the, when why is that? Remember, it's 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 more important what you don't hear about in the news than what you do. Yeah, you know, Bill Fe- Bill Fecky raised an incredible issue Boy. today with the. Uh, go ahead. 
we've learned a lot of that over the last few years that mm-hmm. we've been hidden. A lot of stuff has been hidden from us for decades. It's been, I, I also uh, have heard a lot of speculation about JFK Jr. that he found that his plane was going to be set, had been sabotaged and uh, that they actually, Clarkie died and he didn't. So I would really like to know if that's true or not. That's, that's Josie. We need to talk to Josie about that because, you know, now what they described is a very plausible scenario that uh, he took yeah. off, you know, wasn't feeling well, was tired. The visibility was marginal. He didn't have a lot of instrument training and he went in what they call the graveyard spiral. In other words, you think you, you don't trust your instruments and you're actually in a turn. You talk to any pilot, they'll tell you about this. You're in a turn and you start losing altitude and you think if you pull back on the stick, you'll get your altitude back. But all you do is, is make the turn tighter. So I'll give you folks, uh, everybody out there, a quick aerodynamics lesson. When an airplane turns, it's actually climbing at an angle. And that's what a turn is. It's actually a sideways climb. So if the wings are level and you climb, you're going to climb up. If you're in a bank and you climb, you're going to climb in the direction of a turn. So that's what, that's what, it's the elevators. It's the part that makes the nose go up that makes the airplane turn, not the bank and not the, not the rotor keeping it straight. But the problem is if you're in a turn and you don't know you're in a turn, if you think your wings are level because you're going by your feelings rather than what the airplane is actually doing, all you do is increase the turn. And as the turn gets tighter and tighter and faster and faster, the G-forces on the wings can actually break the airplane apart. They can bend the wings, break the airplane apart, and that's what, we're, that's what I've heard happened. Now, I understand that scenario. We used to teach how to get out of it, how to recognize it and avoid. So I would teach, I would put planes in spirals. We did that with instrument students. We put it in, a, in, a, in the start of a spiral. And we call it unusual attitudes. So what you do is you put the student under a hood so they can only see the instruments, and then you tell them those rise, and you kind of mess around with them for a while. We, we instructors love this part, right? So you mess around with them for a bit, and you, you put the airplane either into an approaching stall or a spiral. And when it's in the spiral, they only have about, you know, five to ten seconds to do something. Otherwise, you have to take it because the speed can build up that rapidly. So you take the hood off and say, okay, here, airplane. And they go, oh, no. Or they, they say, open your eyes, look at the instruments, and figure out what's going on. And most times they get it because it's, you know, it's either one or the other. Um, but, uh, but the point is that uh, they wake up and they, they, they t- it takes a few seconds to orient themselves, but they have to trust their instruments. If they don't trust their instruments, the spiral gets worse, and then the instructor has to take the plane, you know, cut the power level of wings and, and do some other stuff. But for non-instrument trained pilots, it's very easy to get in this situation of marginal visibility, especially over the ocean because you have no reference to the horizon. And so I've, I've had students fly at night near and over water, and you can't tell. You better use your instruments because there's no reference out there at all, you know, except what you see on your instrument panel. Anyway, so what have you heard about the, uh, the fact that uh, he was set up, and why would he be set up? I mean, he's a Democrat. Well, he was, running for the, he was running for the same Senate seat as Hillary Clinton. Okay. That's so when, when, was, when was the accident? <laughs> okay, let's pursue this a little bit because this, this comes to election integrity. This is, this is, you know, assassination before the fact, if this is, in fact, what happened. Okay. So when, when was the accident and when was the election? I don't I can let's look it, look it up. Come on. Let's look it up. We can do this. This is live radio. I love this stuff. All right. So let's go. JFK Jr.'s death. So JFK... That would have been 1999. July 16, 1999. So 2000 would have been the election, and they were both running for the. Okay, so he's he's killed. uh, We think. I still think. 
Uh, so so 19, July 6, 1999. So the election would have been in 2000. So he was killed a year, the year before mm-hmm. the election. So 2000 was not a presidential mm-hmm. year. That was a uh, that was an off year. That was a midterm. So let's put uh, Hillary Clinton elected to the Senate. And let's see when that was. Uh, November 7, 2000. Oh, what a surprise. One year later. Yeah. Okay. I'm shocked. That's what I am. Shocked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Did you really not know that? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't know the timeline. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but... Uh, Does that she, make it a little bit more suspicious? <laughs> well, it does now. She, she likes to do away with. Her. Well, I've heard she likes to do. Well, away I gotta with find uh, people that. Yeah. Yeah, I've well, got yeah. friends that lived in Arkansas, mm-hmm. and when he mm-hmm. was, when her husband was governor, and they they said that there was actual uh, orgies in the governor's mansion. Oh, we need them and, on the air. Can you bring them on the air? Yeah. Bring them on the air. We need them on the Who? show. This is your friends, anonymously, of course. Yeah, I don't know that they want to happen. They're not. Yeah. Can you get a statement? Can yeah. you get a written statement? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm here to well, tell you that when we used to hear about the orgies in the Clinton household, it was a damn good time. Sorry. <laughs> it was in oh, the governor's mansion. Governor's mansion. Yep, they were, were passing by the governor's mansion. There was a lot of stuff flying in the air. It was crazy. There was underwear there hanging was from the chandeliers. Of... I can't believe the stuff was going on in that mansion. I'm sorry. <laughs> a lot of corruption. They They <clears throat> pretty much yep. had the whole... The government, the mm-hmm. the officials, the you know, the police, the, a lot of them, they were mm-hmm. under their control. It's just uh, so they've gotten away with so much all these years. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting way off track from all of this, but oh, I think it's right on track. I, I think, think it all I, ties together, and we haven't even tied in Epstein yet. And that's the next place to go. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, so I, I, I genuinely think that there is a, a good. Uh, a good possibility that JFK Jr. is still alive. I really do. Um, and I what would, he, what well, would what he be doing now? What would he be doing now if he were alive? It, Where would he be and what would he be doing? He's trying to uncover deep state issues. Where and for who? Oh. Now, now, Josie for writes all, for George for Magazine. In fact, I, I'm, 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 I might write for, I'm going to see if I can write an extra radio article for George Magazine. Also, so one, that was the magazine he ran, George Magazine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that, that magazine is now back. That's a good thing. So if you yeah. were, but how Surprise. can he do anything unless he's public about it? Is he like he's feeding information? Oh, okay. He's, he's, he'd be living so, under, he'd have to be living under a different name. So let's put the word out now. JFK Jr., if you want to contact me, you know, Greg at writeyourlaws.com. <laughs> and, and I'll ask you a series of questions to verify your, you know, um, then let's, or, or hop on the live chat. See if anybody's on the live. Nope, nobody's on the live chat. JFK Jr. is not on our live chat right now. Could be though. You never I'm know. I'm surprised. I mean, I'm shocked. That's what I, you know. But if you think about know, it, exactly. you know, when this show gets big enough, and I start making requests like that, you know, they they may get in touch. The the, the actual person may get in touch with me. You, you don't know. I can have so many secrets under awesome. my belt that I can't tell. It's gonna be great. You know, but I have secrets now. And, you know, and we're just getting going. <laughs> yeah, ten years from now. Oh boy, the things I'll know. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Okay. So did you hear what Bill said earlier in the show? He talked about uh, Brandon visiting St. Croix. We discovered. Oh, yeah. I heard heard that that he visited St. Croix. I I, I heard that Brandon did go to St. Croix, yeah. 
Okay. So when you get a chance, I did not. I just got on the line. I just. Oh, I know. Been a really long you're 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 days, you're a night so. owl. Yeah. I, see, I'm an early morning and a night owl. I just don't do afternoons. Well, <laughs> I got up at four o'clock in the morning. We got up at four o'clock in the morning to go to Tallahassee, and I didn't. And I, I appreciate didn't you calling us too. I drove the whole way. So, oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. No, you're 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 a trooper. Yeah. So well, I'm sorry that the the whole the whole inauguration started after you were done with your show. So that's okay. No, people, I, you know, people can watch yeah. it. I don't care. I mean, I, I don't need a live stuff like that. I mean, I have we we talk about things that you know we leave it to regular news to report the news. We analyze and act on the news. It's a big difference. So I don't have to be there live, but I love if if someone is there. Josie and, and Jonathan called in from January six. So a couple things when you get a chance. Check out my the previous hour. When I was talking about the, the whole drone, surveillance drone thing, I spent, you know, and, and Pianchi was helping with that. So we spent an hour on that. And then with Bill, uh, now Wendy had a fabulous report too, but that's the Oh My God report. That's, that's different. Um, but that's its own separate thing. And that was fabulous as well. But uh, Bill raised the issue of the Attorney General of the Virgin Islands got fired. Yeah. Two days, either two days before or after. Well, what, 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 did you, what do you know about that? Because I, I, I don't know anything about was- this. This is new to me. It was about, um, I thought it was about Epstein and about somebody that they were going after regarding the Epstein case. And then okay. uh, that attorney general got fired. I don't know much about it. That's just I just saw some headlines. Next week, make a note to yourself <laughs> right now. Let's, let's, uh, let's look into this. Because as okay. Bill said, does this sound familiar that Biden visits a place and the attorney general is fired? Any country come to mind? No. Ukraine. What? Ukraine. Uh, don't you don't you remember okay. the? Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but the the, the famous clip when uh, Brandon's before the uh, the Council on Foreign Relations. Of course, nobody ever asked what he was doing there. The Council on Foreign Relations. That's the, that's one of the world government organizations. So the fact that he was before the Council of Foreign Relations raised questions with me. The fact that he said, uh, you know, tell so and so that uh, you know, if you don't fire the Attorney General. Uh, you're not going to get uh, the, 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 you know, five, five billion, two, whatever the two billion, however much money. It was like billions of dollars, right? You're not going to get it. Oh, definitely the vice president, right. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's still, it's still him, right? So then, and then he said. But I mean, it's been a while. That's why well, I was yeah. you were talking about something current. I thought you were talking about. Oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. Well, I'm sorry then uh, of, of our miscommunication here. But it just seems no very interesting. <laughs> oh, thank you. It sounds very interesting that he gets an attorney general fired who's looking into, you know, possibly his personal affairs. So remember when we talked about this, I said, why did he go to St. Croix? Now, what I published, uh, well, I didn't publish, but what I uh, look up, because I have the, the presidential schedule on my, my favorites list, you know, and then we went over this earlier in the show, that there's a blackout from when he leaves, you know, goes to St. Croix, and when he comes back again, there's nothing there. There's nothing on the schedule. No public events, no nothing. Now, why would a president go all the way to the Caribbean? and not have a single public event. Even the bill signing wasn't even recorded. They didn't even know which day he signed the bill. I mean, there are pictures of that, but, you know, do we know, even know that was St. Croix? And how big is the runway? I've said to look up the runway. And what airplane did he take down there? And where was the White House press corps? And how come there isn't a single report from St. Croix? There's a lot of uh, gaps here in this story. Missing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of things that would normally happen. I mean, I mean was there an advanced team? You know, how much, I mean, how, what restaurants were closed down? I mean, usually, you know, Brandon goes and gets ice cream somewhere. So where was the ice cream visit? He didn't have one. He always yeah. gets ice cream at his visits, right? So that's missing. I mean, it's the little things that start popping up 
no White House press corps, no interviews, no reports from the scene. No, we know that. And why would you go there during Christmas when everybody else is dying of a, uh, literally dying in some of the northern places from this vicious cold front snap storm, this nasty storm, especially in Buffalo? Why would you leave and then uh, go to instead of going to his vacation home in, in South Carolina, which was probably pretty cold, too? He goes all the way to St. Croix, you know, a presidential trip. I mean, was the Secret Service there in advance? You know, what kind of advance team or was this spontaneously done? What went on there and why was the attorney general fired? This is a huge investigation for us, I think. This big one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they somebody posted, and I, I have not verified this, that he spent 143 days on vacation this year. Oh, I'm sure he has. I used to announce his schedule every day. It was funny. You know, you know, wakes up at 10, you know, has a briefing for 20 minutes, you know, has lunch, <laughs> has, and then there's a press briefing yeah. at 2, and they take a nap, you know. And the guy's not working hard. And, and the reason he and can get away with don't bring the ice cream. Oh yeah, is that every day? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember seeing that on the schedule. Well, let's see what's on the schedule for today. Let me pull up another. Uh, I was joking. Another. Well, no, I see, but some of the best things. <laughs> exactly, some of the best things are said in jest. So let's let's see what's on the schedule for today. Let me revisit Brandon's schedule. I'm so glad to keep this stuff handy. Yeah, I put it in the lower portion. Yes. You know, thinking I was going to use it again. So back to the presidential schedule. And I post this for everybody that wants to get it on the Action Radio Group. That's the Action Radio Group. You go to that page. Um, that's our group. And you'll see the president's schedule. This is Joe Biden, president's public schedule. Of course, we know he's not president, but we'll, we'll deal with that later. Today, Wednesday, 8 a.m., the president receives the presidential daily briefing. 8.25. <laughs> I guess he's done. Out-of-town pool call-in time. I guess that's when the reporters check in. Uh, 9 o'clock in pool check-in time. So then the president departs the White House and route joint base Andrews. He's leaving again. He's going somewhere else. Where is he going? Oh, he, today the uh, president arrives in Hebron, Kentucky. president delivers remarks on how his economic plan is rebuilding our infrastructure, creating good-paying jobs that don't require a four-year degree, and revitalizing communities left behind. <laughs> what? In other words, he's lying. <laughs> but that's what he's, doing he's already campaigning. Yeah, okay. yeah well, because that's all he can do. So they send him out. So in other yeah. words, he gets, a, he gets a, his daily briefing. We don't know how it closed the press. We don't know for how long. Uh, and then he leaves. You know, so if he departs the White House you know, an hour and 20 minutes later, well, he's got to get ready for that trip. Unless I imagine he has his packing you know, done by other people. Right? So then he leaves, and, does, and he's supposed to be back. Uh, da, da, da. So he's back at 4.20 this afternoon, arrives at the White House at 4.40, and that's it. So his, his, his only activity today you know, when the House hasn't even picked their speaker yet, <laughs> you know, so no phone calls. Yeah. Nothing. He's going to... Did you see my letter from Matt Gass? I got to talk about that. Oh, well, let's let's do I think I've had enough of Brandon. Obviously, he's not doing it. He's going to Kentucky yeah. to go lie. So we know Brandon's lying today. So tell me about Gates. So for those that don't know, we're both in Matt Gates district. And so we're in the first dis- first congressional district of Florida in the upper left corner of the panhandle. So for all our folks in Australia, England, Canada. Uh, New Zealand's, the English-speaking world, you know, uh, that's where we are. And, of course, the rest of you listening to, you know, it, yeah, that's where we are. So feel free to check out a map. Anyway, Matt Gates, who is leading the opposition to Kevin McDeepstate, that's what I call him, Kevin McDeepstate, that's his name. Tell me, what is he got a herd of people to help. He, they all stood up to him. They don't, they don't Get up, stand up, and stand up for your rights. I posted a letter on, mm-hmm. on the um, – our – Radio Election Integrity Project. It's a letter from Matt, and mm-hmm. it's written to. Here, let me read it. 
Oh, please do. Let's share the whole thing. We got time. This is great. Okay. I love this stuff. It's yeah. to the Honorable J. Okay, it's written for Matt, and it's dated January third, twenty twenty-three, and it's on the Congress of the United States House of Representatives, Washington D.C. Uh, it looks like their um, paperwork. It's written mm-hmm. to the Honorable J. Brett Blanton. He's the twelfth architect of the Capitol. Um, whatever that means. I need to look that up. Dear Mr. Blanton, I write to inform you that the Speaker of the House, located in the U.S. Capitol building, is currently occupied by Representative Kevin McCarthy. As of this morning, the 117th Congress adjourned S-I-N-E-D-I-E. I I don't know what that means. That's Latin. uh, Pelosi said that, too. It's a Latin term. I don't know what it means, but we can look it up. Um, because Pelosi said right. that I, I now adjourn the 117th Congress, Sina K. And that's, I guess that means, you know, done in Latin. Well, I'm gonna look, I'll look it up right now while you're, while you're talking. Yeah. S-I-N-E-D-I-C. Okay, mm-hmm. and then it says, and a speaker from the 118th Congress has not been elected. After three undeciding votes, no member can lay claim to this office. Sin law, house rule, or precedent to allow someone who has placed second in three successive speaker elections to occupy the Speaker of the House office. How long will he remain there before he is considered a squatter? <laughs> Please write back. Probably as it seems oh, the architect. Okay. no longer oh, that's be considered speaker-designate following today's balloting. Sincerely, Matt Gatt, member of Congress. Way to go, Matt. That's he's because he's so he's, so he's squatter. McCarthy a squatter. That's hysterical. See, Matt's leading this. I and mean, this is going to propel Matt into uh, either a ridiculously high position in the Trump administration, uh, the next one, or, or Senate or something. This is, or he'll probably, he might run for president himself you know, in eight years. Who knows? But uh, he's gutsy. I, I, mean, I, yeah, I, wish, I wish he called the show. I mean, I really would did because he used to call the show all the time. But he was just getting started in Congress then. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess, Fine, that's Latin. And it, it's, uh, you know, this, uh, I'll have to look it up later. But anyway, it's, it's a Latin thing. Um, so that's it's probably the you know what they say at the end. It's like when somebody gets an honorary degree, and they have some some Latin thing there or you know whatever it is. Anyway, so we'll look it up later. But it's funny he's writing the architect. So he's writing the uh, the the what's that title again? The building architect, the White House, the, the, the Capitol Hill architect, or is it the supervisor of buildings? Oh, what's that title? I got again? off of it. It's the honor oh twelfth architect of the Capitol. Huh. 12th architect of the Capitol. Okay, so this is interesting. Yeah. So why do they so why do they call it the um, why do they call it twelve arts? And he said basically that Kevin McCarthy squatter. Well, he's occupying the office of speaker, and he's not speaker. And that's the thing. What do you think of Kevin McDeep State? What's uh, what's your take on this? He bought and paid for. Him. His wife like isn't she like really connected to China? So um, uh, he, he, oh, he, that's he a good question. I don't know. Sabotages everything. And don't they call her Chow Chow or something? I don't know. I'd have to look more her. But um, he just seems like he's bought and paid for. He sabotaged so much stuff with Trump. And I I don't trust him at all. I don't know. I, I don't know who. I heard um, Ron Johnson. He I saw a video of him yesterday. And he's saying he did not want Speaker. Um to be Speaker of the House because he wants to be able to investigate. He wants to be on you the mean Jim side. Jordan? You're talking about Jim Jordan, right? I mean, oh, I'm saying Jim Jordan. I meant Jim Jordan, that's, yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, so that's fine. So, 
Alexander on it. Yeah, but he was saying that uh, that he did not want to uh, be speaker because he wants to do investigations, and he's he's really calling people out. So that he's being effective he, or doing anything uh, about it, but at least he's being honest and calling people out. And, and, and actually, and he's got a point. Out. He's probably better as um, as a representative than as as speaker because the speaker really doesn't uh, do that kind of stuff. The speaker does has a different role. You know, so that yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. They're huh. more let of me, a moderator, me... supposedly. Yeah. Well, no, but see, I the speakers. Up, yeah. I looked up S I N C D I C, and it I don't find it. Okay. Well, it's some, it's it's a congressional thing. We can find it. That's not the point. I'm going to blow up this letter again because this this is fascinating to me. Now, here we go. The honor, so uh, so January 3rd, Yeah, is is on, on congressional stationery. Matt Gates. You know, to Mr. Bland. I wish to inform you this. <laughs> <laughs> the Speaker of the House is located is currently occupied by, you know, <laughs> this is so funny. You know, this yeah. is... Uh, water. Yeah, what is the basis in law, House rule, or precedent to allow someone who has placed second in 365 Speaker elections to occupy the Speaker of the House office? <laughs> this really is funny. Yeah. He's right back probably as it seems Mr. McCarthy can no longer be considered Speaker designate following today's balloting. Well, you know what's going to happen right after the show, I think at noon. So that'll be 11 o'clock our time. So an hour after we're off the air, we're going to go right back to this. But he wrote the 12th architect of the Capitol. That's got to be the, the architect of the Capitol. That must be a, a supervisory position because they didn't actually, these are the architects who actually built the Capitol. And in fact, it's the 12th. I, I imagine what you'll find if you look this up is that the, what they say that the, 12, the, the architect's office is, is, the, is the one who actually maintains the Capitol. You know, if there's a problem with the building, if there's a problem with, uh, you know, the plumbing, if there's something like that, that's the architect's office. That's where you go or the allocation of offices. But the fact that he's calling, you know, uh, uh, Kevin McDeep State a squatter is hysterical. He says he's illegally occupying the office. Now, what do you think of, of McCarthy moving in there in the first place? Say that again. What do you think of McCarthy moving into the speaker's office in the first place? I mean, he it, well, speaker. yeah, exactly. Okay. Maybe you're misunderstanding my question. Um, but uh, well, let me ask you another question, a little slightly different issue on this. The media coverage, from what I observed, every media story is pushing McCarthy to be speaker. What's wrong with the Republicans? Why haven't they elected him? Why haven't they compromised? Why are they standing on this? Why are they holding up the Congress? What is their problem? You know, why can't we have McCarthy now? I haven't seen a single decent story on, well, let's consider some other alternatives. I mean, a few people have actually interviewed yeah. Matt and Lauren and things like that, but they're not really focusing on what they're saying. No one's focusing on the lies of well, McCarthy. That, no one's focusing on, on – well, go ahead. Do you tell me. Well, the media is pushing him. We know he's compromised. They want him. <laughs> it's pretty simple. But it's all the media. It's, we want I mean, to do it, exactly opposite of what they want. Well, I think we should probably all call Matt Gates and say, hey, Matt, good job, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably call his office after the show. <laughs> And, and then I'll say, how yeah. come he won't be on our show? You know, so we need him back on. We have some good ideas. You know, so yeah. uh, so that that would be incredible. But uh, yeah, this is so. So we got Matt, we got Lauren. What do you think of Marcia Taylor Green? Why is she so into the, the McCarthy thing? Because that surprised me. I have not been following her. I have not okay. seen. Is she is she wants McCarthy? Oh. Yes, she does pretty heavily. So do some other folks. All right. Well, let's, let's uh, anything, anything else? We've got about uh, 20 minutes left. So what, what is on our election integrity issues board? 
uh, things that uh, that you've noticed want to talk about or or raise as an issue, especially if something that's not being talked about right now. Well, we had discussed that we were going to talk about this football player. Well, I'm glad you keep me back on track because I totally forget. Once I start doing the show, anything I talked about doing on the show goes out the window. <laughs> I just, I just, Demar. Demar. Let's Hamlet. talk about Demar. All right. So, so give me yeah. everything that you, you well, think about that. I went on Monday night. We had a, a rules meeting. We learned Robert's rules, and, uh, which is really mm. cool for REC. And yep. I, I'm, I'm not a rules person, but I, I want to know the rules. But I came home from that. It was kind of late. And I knew I had a really early morning get up at work at about four. But Tom, my husband, was watching a football game. He was watching who's he play for the Bulls. Um, but uh, he's Buffalo like, Bills and the the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. I think uh, is is the team. Yeah. Right. Well, he um, he was like, "Oh, this guy." He's like, well, "There's a player down," and I said, he's, "They're doing CPR on him." And all of a sudden, our TV went out, and we had this. And, I mean, we didn't have a channel. We we couldn't do anything. And it was 15 minutes before it The whole Dish on. Network went and out? The whole the whole Dish Network? I couldn't get channel? my TV to come on. I mean, I could turn my TV on, but I couldn't get anything. And uh, we couldn't try. We tried every room. We unplugged it, replugged it back in, and did it twice. And about 15 minutes later, it finally came back on. But So um, Dish you know, they cut had their entire signal? Wait a minute. So Dish cut their entire signal know. for 15 it's, minutes? I'm kind of. I I've stopped believing in coincidences, but I, <laughs> yeah, I I was wondering if it happened to anybody else. You know, I haven't mm. talked to anybody else that it happened to them, but maybe it was a coincidence. But well, you know, I confirm two one five three eight three three eight three two. You know, it'd be interesting. Okay. Good. And, and somebody posted. There's a doctor that posted. I guess I did um, confirm that he is actually a physician, Doctor Benjamin Eidelman. Posted. Mm-hmm. I recently administered Damar Holland's COVID booster on twelve twenty six, and as a medical professional, I can assure the public he passed all screenings with flying colors. I'm in contact with the UCMC staff and will provide any assistance to them. This was posted at ten forty p.m. on January second, twenty twenty three, and um, then somebody had written below it. Apparently, he deleted it pretty quickly, but not before somebody got a screenshot of it. Well, if you go in and Google it all, it's like, oh, this is this is you know just a conspiracy theory or whatever. I thought I don't mm-hmm. know if it's true, and there's no way to confirm it because people are not going to tell you his medical condition. I mean, mm-hmm. if he got a shot or not. So, but um, so I don't know. I, I I just there was another young man that died too. Um, I put that one on my other feed, and he died, a football player. Yeah, thirty-eight year old. We both had that same story. Yep, we 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 independent. I don't know if we independently found it or shared it or whatever, but so there it was. I found it. Maybe I took it off off your page, but yeah. Let's let me pull up Facebook here again and uh, see what's going on. But there's a couple. Uh, in fact, Pianchi um, reported that uh, Demetrius Johnson died a few weeks ago. A friend of his, professional football player. You know, and so the other person. In fact, I have so many articles on this <clears throat> on my page. Um, his name was Jaguars player. He was a Jaguar player. I can't say his name. U C H. Yeah, I think it's Nigeria. Nawari. Yeah. Suddenly died due to apparent heart attack, and this is on. Um, I think it was the third, which was mm-hmm. yesterday. Oh, it's public. Yeah, here, here it is. So it must have been a Jaguar player. It's like Udi Nwaneri. So U C H E. Yeah, N W A N E R A. Thirty-eight years old dies um, suddenly. 
of a rare heart condition. Unresponsive in the home, yeah. Uh huh. Damar Hamlin, rare heart condition. You know, well, they didn't say rare heart condition, but uh, he died of a heart attack. Uh, and Bill was pretty big on this. That uh, he was talking earlier. Well, the evidence isn't known, and you can't speculate, and you're you're lying if you think you know you, you, what you're saying. But I disagree. I think that given the given that we know that the COVID jab is not a vaccine, we know that it, it alters your genetics. We know that it causes massive blood clots. We know that it causes strokes and heart attacks. We know that it enlarges the heart, called myocarditis and pericarditis. I'm not sure the exact differences. We know that athletes around the world have dropped dead right in the middle of competition. It's on video. We know that, um, that the, about 95% of the NFL has been jabbed. Uh, we know that the NFL was fining $14,500 for players that weren't jabbed. We know they stopped doing that in the 2022 season, but uh, um, DeMar Hamlin's been involved. He's been, it's like a second or third year. We also know that yeah. the average uh, career is three years in the NFL. And if, uh, if they've been doing this for two years, 20 and 21, that means that at least two-thirds you know, of the players uh, have received a COVID shot. And I hate to say this, but uh, more, more likely than not, that more are going to die of it. I you posted know, like, today. Um, go ahead. And I need, to put it on, I, I need to put it on my site. I can put it on the other site, too. But uh, uh-huh. on Rumble, there was 1,000 athletes collapsing, dying, heart problems, blood clots from March 2021 to June 2022. This yeah, was we need published to see that. in July 27th, the 20th, but it's a video and it shows all these people. It shows their picture, shows their name. Um, I looked at this back in um, in July and I just picked out, you know, like 10 different names and verified them. So I didn't uh-huh. look through all 1,000 athletes. You know, I randomly selected like 10 of them and went through it. And so I put it back on my page today. I could mm-hmm. share it, but 1,000 athletes, you got all these young people just dropping out from heart problems. And then you see all these excuses from our government that, oh, this is causing heart problems, and that's causing heart problems, and this is causing heart problems. And it's like, oh, my gosh. It's so well, there's a lot of sites. In fact, I just, yeah, I just, uh, for, we have a private group, the Action Radio, Action Radio Vaccine Project. And it's private because we yeah. can't have the trolls taking it down like they took down our other site, the, uh, the Dr. Zelenko Action Radio Coronavirus Clearinghouse, where we broke the story on ivermectin six months before everybody else. So we were way ahead because we yeah. knew Dr. Zelenko personally. Uh, and so we had some great sources of information and we're providing what I thought was a very valuable story until, you know, uh, Facebook di- uh, disabled it. So that's why I'm careful with that yeah. group. But you can find it. You know, there's there's the there are died suddenly Facebook groups. Um, there are yeah. uh, in fact there's the it's movie sad. died suddenly. You just read the comments. You know, it's just it's easy to find. Yeah, it's easy yeah. to find the athletes that have died. You know, in competition. I mean, just look at any documentary. The the soccer. Player. Now here's a question though. Uh, in terms of athletics, there's a big difference between you know curling and the NFL. So if athletes are are likely to have a heart problem. Is it more likely to be sports where they're using much more heart lung capacity? You know, like football, of course. Uh, basketball, yeah. uh, what is, uh, soccer? You know, rugby. And where are these where are these Absolutely. people dying? These are they're not dying in cricket. I don't know any cricket players that have keeled over. Nothing against cricket. Oh, that is really boring. I'm sorry. I played cricket <laughs> when I was a kid in Australia. It's a really boring game. You know, baseball. You know, the cricket is the only sport that makes baseball look exciting. <laughs> Sorry, now I've offended everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that slow. It's like, it's like watching golf. I'm not a baseball golf. fan. 
Yeah. Well, I, I, I am, actually, I am a baseball fan, but uh, I, I like the highlights. Because <laughs> <laughs> in between, there's a lot of hot dog time in between. You know, when things happen sometimes in baseball. Yeah. Uh, but the point is that sports, they're different. They're, you know, look at the Olympics. You know, ski shooting. Ah, it's a great Olympic sport, but it's not the same as, as, as the marathon. So, oh, which, which raises an interesting point. We're going to have Summer Olympics coming up next year, 2024. How many of those athletes, you know, have been, uh, have already been get, jabbed? Have been jabbed? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's going to be very interesting. Now, the, I, the last Olympics was 20. Uh, it was 2020. No, 2020. 22. Didn't we just have an Olympics last year? I stopped following the Olympics. <laughs> I think we had the Winter Olympics. I, I think I'm it's too Summer busy Olympics trying to first. save our country. Okay, well, we, we, got, we, got to, we have many okay. fronts that we can save. Okay, so if I remember, Absolutely. it's every two years. So, so, the 2020, so 2022, uh, it would have been in the summer if it was the Summer Games. No, I think it was the Winter Games. I think it was in the winter, so it would have been in January. It would have been right, at, uh, right after New Year's. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much when it was. So the Summer Olympics are going to be in the summer of 2024, you know, right at the time of the nomination, nominating committees of the Democrats and Republicans. 2024 is going to be an interesting year. So is this one, by the way. Oh, hmm. I think it's going to be a crazy year. Mm-hmm. For us, it's going to be a fabulous year. So here's the question. How many athletes have to die before people start asking questions and not believing that it's a rare condition, a freak of nature? You know, at what point do okay. people start saying... I just saying, looked up the Olympics. It's going to be in Paris in 2024, and that's in oh. July. Summer Games. Yeah. Hmm. Paris. Yeah. They're going to all be Vaccine. up there. Vaccine passports <laughs> to get there? Well, that's the question. Probably. What's the Paris policy going to be? So we, you know, we need to follow that. But if you know, they can't afford to have athletes dying during the Olympics because you know, they know COVID's not that big a deal. It never was. Yeah. The response to yeah. COVID was the big deal, but the, the actual virus itself, you know, unless you got a bunch of other problems, it's not a big deal. So this now, sports and politics are very close. Uh, act, entertainment, sports, and politics—they're all kind of the same thing, in a way. But the thing about sports. Here's what's so fascinating about this, and this is why it's going to be interesting to watch. Sports, American's apple pie. Football, who doesn't watch football? Well, me, you know, except, the, you know, a few things. But uh, I saw enough in high school and college in the band. But football is like a national thing. Millions. Do you remember the viewership was that game? How many million people watched that game? Did they tell you? You may not know. Dan, you still there? Am I still there? Hello? Oh, I accidentally muted. Sorry. I'm <laughs> okay, don't do that to me because I tend to drop off the because yeah. they still haven't given me DB meters, so I don't know when I'm broadcasting. Okay. So do you know how many millions of people watch that game? I'm just rough sample. No idea. Okay. But we know it had a big impact because his uh, GoFundMe site for his, for his children toys things went to $3 million really fast. I think it's $5 million now. Oh, wow. Now, there was speculation apparently that uh, maybe Big Pharma was contributing to cover up something. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise no. me either. But I don't. But having uh, checked the the GoFundMe site uh, and seeing all the donations from all the different people, with the largest one being about twenty thousand dollars, I tend to not think that was the issue. Uh, but the question is, but this is how much it affects people. Okay, so if you want if you want to affect the general public, you do something the general public watches, and the general public watches football. You know, if a ping pong player keeled over and died, or had no a massive cardiac know. attack, you would never know. 
But football is different. And yep. and now, did any of the World Cup players in the last uh, World Cup collapse and die? I don't, I don't I remember. So. You think so? Okay, so that'd be something that'd be interesting. Something to check. We need a sports reporter. Anybody wants to be our sports reporter? We need a sports reporter, especially for the Olympics. So I'll be recruiting sports reporters out there. I have a great theme too. Hey, sports fans! And now Action Radio Sports presents. You know, we have a little fun with that. Um, but this is this is I think because it's football, because it was a Monday Night Football game, because we're headed for the playoffs, because it was a young man's twenty-four, um, because it happened so suddenly in front of everybody. Now, if it, if it happened in the locker room or in practice or any place they could cover it up, it would not be that big a deal. I think the lack of coverage is staggering. I think that they've never had – where's the press conference? Have you ever seen an event like this yeah. this big on national TV without a press conference? What do you think? Yeah. No, they're shutting it down. They're yeah. showing just how criminal they are. Where's his life story? I hope that – Where's, where's where, the bio? Where's – you know? Where's the conscience of these people that are hiding mm-hmm. this stuff? That's what I want to know. Like, how do you live with yourself? How do you sleep? You know what? Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, I just, I can't think. Well, you know, let's, and these medical let's, professionals took to do no harm. And this shot, it, it, it's so simple. Everyone tries to make this so complicated. If, if anyone, anyone ever told you this, this shot is safe, that is malpractice. This shot, there's no long-term data. I mean, I'm speaking as a nurse of 42 years. We never say a medication's safe unless you have long-term data. This drug's been out 10 minutes, I mean, comparatively, and, and they can't say it's safe. And so any single person who ever told you that this drug is safe, you should never listen to any of their advice again. And I, And a lot of people are going to get really mad at me but I say if anybody has, is still pushing this shot, they need to be in prison. And if they ever push this shot, if they ever said it was safe, they should, their license should be, you know, they should be under inspection the rest of their life, the rest of their career. They should be under advisement, having somebody watch them because they've made horrible decisions. You, you, you took an oath to do no harm. If you say a drug is experimental, that's one thing. Saying it's a 100% safe, and I've got documented, I've got a video that, that puts it out there of all the people and all the agencies that were like, it's 100% safe, it's 100% effective, and we know it's all this bold-faced lie. Well, nothing's that. Even so, aspirin has, you know, has complications. Exactly. And they <laughs> I mean, said really. it. You should know just by that that it, they were lying from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, and now we know that they never, ever uh, – and on the transmission. They never even tested the transmission. So, um, yeah, they never even tried to figure it out, and they lied about it from the get-go. So, you know, but a, a little common sense. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Where did people's common sense go? And, and right now, they, the CDC voted 15 to 0 a couple of weeks ago to add the booster to the children's shot schedule. And, you know, it, it's insane because they haven't tested it on a single human, and they're admitting this. And, you know, how how do we give this shot to every child in America when we've never even tested it on one human? Uh, hey, they tested it on eight mice. <laughs> you really want to give that to your child? And they're telling it. And I know that Florida's not going to fall for that, and there's a lot of conservative um, states that won't fall for that. But 
these people that are in California, they're going to require these kids to have this COVID-19 shot to go to school in California, New York, and these poor kids. You know, No, keep going. It makes perfect sense. You know, just uh, feel free. We we took an oath to do no harm. Okay, the the shot, the the childhood shot. Um, I went to a a school board meeting the other day, well, a couple weeks ago, because I got really concerned. Because I saw in Pensacola there's two clinics that are coming to the schools over there, and they're going to vaccinate kids in the school. And that fired me up. I'm like, actually in the school? They have an in-school in vaccination. School. Two schools. They're, they're well. They're they're clinics that are going to go into the schools that the government thing or COVID thing or somebody. I don't know, but they're going to be able to vaccinate the kids in school. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I went to our school board meeting that night to find out if Santa Rosa was doing the same thing because they were going to have one hot nurse up there. I'm a grandma. I don't have kids in the school district. Boy, that riled me. But I went mm-hmm. up there and I was very happy to hear that Santa Rosa was not doing that. But we had a keep, woman keep that was out there, and she was. Because there's money in it. Yes, there's absolutely. Money in it for the well, we, so we have a lot them. of watchdogs in our. We have a lot of watchdogs in our county right now, and good. Uh, so I'm still very comfortable about that. But there was this mom that got up and spoke to the whole crowd, and she said that she, um, she and her husband, they're in the military, and they have three children that are autistic, three little boys. And all three of them are autistic. And Gee, what are the so chances of that? With the school system. <laughs> I know. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah. She was so, um, she was so um, appreciative because the school system was doing them a, a great service, and she and her husband were going to get out of the military. And, well, not really get out of the military, but just kind of do a sideways tour there where he's going to stop taking promotions just so they could stay in the area because they really liked how they were treated by the school system, which I thought was really cool. So I left, and they ended up leaving about the same time I did. And I'm like, I stopped out in the parking lot and talked to them for like 30 minutes. And mm. they were such a nice couple. And but I said, um, you know, I I heard some statistics that that autism was really high now, and I'm 38, and I I didn't um, I, I was unsure about that. So I went to verify it with a pediatrician friend of mine who's been a pediatrician for 40 years, and um, and this pediatrician verified it. So I actually went to my doctor, and she has two young children, and she had done a, a, a peer-reviewed study of a whole bunch of different pediatricians because she's worried about her kids. And they all verified that, that the autism rate is at least 1 in 38. And um, and so I had that's that confirmed, so I was talking. That's, exactly. That's... Well, it's, it gets worse. No, 1 in 38. So okay, no, I, I get my – young couple. Yeah, right. I was – well, I was talking to this young couple, and I said, um, I, I told them this story, and she's like, oh, no. She goes, it's one in ten now. One, one in, in ten? ten children are having autism. And I said, and I confirmed with every single one of my doctor and my, my pediatrician friends and with this woman, and I said, what do you think is causing this? And she said, the childhood vaccine. So, um Anyone in particular, you know, or all I'm of them? Just, the, the collection of all of them, or, they or don't anyone know. in particular? I mean, they don't. Okay. They're not doing any studies on any of them. If, if you look at SIDS, mm-hmm. uh, sudden infant death syndrome, mm-hmm. and they, it's like they don't even try to find out. Oh yeah, your baby died. Sorry, go bury him. You know, yeah. it just happens. Well, we'll sudden death. You know, you know, your it's, child it's is, a rare heart condition. Your child yeah, is not, born. Yeah, yeah. The day your child is born in a hospital, they get mm-hmm. Hep B, hepatitis B. The day they're born. Nobody's even testing this. 
you walk in in the military and and in and, and as a child as well, they give you multiple shots in your arm. I want to see the studies where they've done and the comparisons of did they check every single shot, how they would interact with each other, that if you're giving it in the right arm, they're not doing these studies. No. You know, the, the, the sense of autism, I mean, the autism rate has skyrocketed. The ADHD has skyrocketed. If you look at how many kids are allergic to peanuts now, and they had an anaphylactic reaction to peanuts, that's where you stop breathing. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody can have peanut butter in any of the schools now. And it's like, where's all this stuff coming? And I know that I've done so much work, listened and, you know, followed a lot of doctors that I trust now. And they, they're like, stop vaccinating your children with these criminals until we know we've cleaned it out and it, it, until we even know it. But the pediatrician friend of mine that's been a pediatrician for 40 years, she said, I never see the kids in my practice that are unvaccinated because they're healthy. She said, I have to yeah. call them once a year to make sure everything's okay. And um, yeah. so, I mean, as a nurse of 42 years, I'm I'm vaccinated. My kids were vaccinated. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm I 100% <laughs> do not I've trust been since the 90s. our, yeah. I don't trust our government at all now. And, you know, it's, Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox now. No, actually, what I want to do is I want to expand your no, but I want to expand your report. I mean, this you know, yes, you're doing election integrity, but uh, we need to incorporate more health because you've got all this experience in nursing, you've got all these contacts, you've got all this uh, knowledge, and and uh, we need to put it in there. So you know, those are my key passions: is medical freedom, yeah, medical freedom, and election integrity because those are the two most important things in in, well, you know what you can do that I feel. We can actually split your okay. report. I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly 30 minutes, 30 minutes, but I would, uh, I would, uh, we, can, we can change it. I mean, just because you have these two specialties that I would say, yeah. you know, we, we can just, you know, the election integrity medical freedom report. I mean, there's no reason we can't. And then you can put whatever you want to do. Yeah, okay, let's do that. All right, this, yeah, is, this, this is how we do Action Radio, folks. We, we basically, we adapt. This is why we're, <laughs> we're, we're faster than anybody else at getting information because I make instant changes just like that one. So from now on, it's going to be the well, uh, I just, election. You know. Uh-huh. I took an oath to do no harm, and I have been screaming this. I, you know, I actually, you know, you said that you you came out with all this in, in March of, in, on Facebook. So mm-hmm. I started rolling back my Facebook. It took me an hour to roll it, and I got it rolled back to April of 2021. Mm-hmm. And then somehow it clicked off, and I lost it. And I'm like, I cannot sit here and roll it back. <laughs> it was taking so long to feed all the way back. But I mean, I was yeah. talking about it in April about I believe you about Yeah, we were. I was February oh. of 2020. Actually, I was before. Uh, I was two weeks before. 15 days to slow the spread. Actually, three weeks before it. Yeah. I had a bill that uh, I didn't know two weeks because February is a short month. I had a bill that said that Congress can only spend half their. Well, you got a couple of minutes. You got a little bit of extra time here. Where do you have to go? Yeah. All right. Let me I'm get good. this bill up here because this is this is a, this is a, a fabulous bill. Let me show you just how far we. You know, those of us at Action Radio. We're ahead of everybody. And this is going to stagger you. And I gave this bill to Matt Gates, and I had press releases, and I sent it everywhere, and I got absolutely nothing, nothing from anybody uh, on this particular bill. But let me, let me just show you. Well, we get and this so is, locked down on our Facebook pages because we've been so out. Oh, we're okay. always locked down. Oh, yeah, we're, we're completely locked down. Yeah. Uh, I, I understand that. So let me just see if I can get uh, – all right, where is this bill? Dum, 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 dum. Uh, ah, here we go. 
February 20th. This is, this is, so this is, one thing you'll notice about being on Action Radio is that everything you say is recorded, so you can go back and trace it. You can go back and trace your reports back to your first report. So I have a record. I've, I'm going back to my very first show, you know, uh, December 24th of 2018. So I can trace my stuff directly. I know exactly what I said. Uh, anyway, so here it goes. Resolution. Congress shall direct that resources be used to kill and wipe out the, the lethal forms of the coronavirus. Not to treat it, not, not, not to do a vaccine, but to In kill it. In 2018, you were saying that? No, no, it's 2020. I'm saying that our first show, my very first show on radio, uh, on Blog Talk Radio, okay. was December 24th of 2018. So this is February. Let's get the right timeline here so that nobody's confused. February 27th of 2020, I wrote a bill. Actually, I printed it. I probably wrote it up a few days before it. Resolution. Congress shall direct that resources be used to kill and wipe out the lethal forms of coronavirus. In other words, no vaccine. Resolved that Congress, and I did this as a resolution because, you know, it, there was no, uh, the emergency, I didn't even know if we had the emergency declaration yet, but I knew that Dr. Fascist was, was talking vaccines and nothing else. And I knew that was wrong because it takes at least 10 years to, to, to uh, get a vaccine ready for market. And the virus is already here. So you don't need immunity. You need to treat it. I'll talk to you in future episodes about treatment, about how dangerous those childhood diseases really are. Anyway, resolved that Congress shall direct the president, the Center for Disease Control, the National Institute for Health, designated university medical research centers, and military research institutes and labs to develop and implement virus technology that primarily focuses on killing and wiping out the coronavirus, that this shall be equal or greater to any resources directed or appropriated for any aspect of the creation of a coronavirus vaccine. What do you think of that? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it was. Didn't get anywhere, though. And you knew. You knew. I knew. Yeah. I knew. I knew I, February. I knew, I knew February before most people knew. Yeah, but I knew. It just, I never trusted Fauci because I knew that he had he had lied a lot about the AIDS stuff, and I'd already done a lot of digging into that. So See, I, didn't know I already had a lot of questions about him. Yeah. We could go into that for a long time, but... Um, oh, I like to. <laughs> well, Judy's but, on that. Well, Judy, remember, we had the 18 weeks of the World's Greatest Doctors panel. We talked about it. I did a show that uh, Dr. Fauci yeah. killed Freddie Mercury of Queen. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's a connection. Yeah. You want to bring in a public figure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Fauci killed uh, Freddie Mercury with AZT. Yeah. And he didn't give him back trim. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah. I don't doubt so, it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me say, this, this, this is a short bill. I had some bullet points. So, so talking about here, so in other words, only half the money can go for vaccines. The other half has to go for treatments and cures. And I said this approach shall include, but not be limited to, here are the bullet points, developing and implementing viruses that kill the coronavirus uh, COVID-19. So in other words, use viruses to kill viruses. Developing and implementing viruses that prevent the coronavirus from reproducing. Developing and implementing viruses that effectively direct antiviral drugs directly to the coronavirus in the human body. Developing new and effective ways to kill the coronavirus not yet thought of, using all available resources of military biological warfare technology and facilities. I think now that's where they created this thing, and I was, I was going to use it against it. Then, it I, then I wrote, using all university medical teaching and research hospitals to work on the problem. Using all VA facilities to most effectively treat any coronavirus outbreak among veterans and to research and treat any problems particular to veterans regarding coronavirus. Last bullet point, all above in combination. Then I wrote, although the drugs and antiviruses can be shared outside the United States, the methods of developing should be considered classified and a national security methodology, given the potential that this form of coronavirus is man-made and a bioweapon. I wrote that February 27th. You knew. 
<laughs> I knew. I knew. Yeah. I knew. Yeah. Yep. Then the last part, Congress well, shall appropriate sufficient funds, appropriate grants, and create tax incentives for private industry to carry out this mission. That was my bill. Yeah, you knew. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. I, I knew um, when you said it was safe. I said, you can't say this safe. To, mm-hmm. This is malpractice. And mm-hmm. so I knew something was up from that get-go. And then when I saw uh, Dr. Stella Emanuel, when she's screaming oh, at the top Emmanuel? of her lungs, oh, and yeah. I when she's screaming at the top of her lungs that I dropped the floor clean work, I'm mm-hmm. like, this woman's telling the truth. I knew mm-hmm. it. And, and then I started posting her stuff on Facebook, and I was getting censored from the get-go. How about and that? I was looking at a lot of – I was looking at so many of my posts that were censored all the mm-hmm. way through when I was scrolling a couple of days ago trying to find my very beginning first day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that one day when I – I'm going to get all the way back to the beginning, and they need an easier <laughs> way to do that on Facebook where you can actually the, the get back. Well, they publish your, your your meme thing. So I have a track record. Of, like Three and four and five years ago, they'll put my memes out there, what I put. But it's it's fascinating. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what happened to me. So I was fine until that, – now, that didn't, didn't get a lot of recognition, so I don't think the big tech folks knew about it. But what they did know about, apparently – was my March 2nd broadcast, you know, which was uh, zinc, elderberries, and something else, you know, cures for coronavirus. March 2nd of 2020. So this is five days later, right, from the 27th. 27th, 28th, yeah. yeah, about five days later. So I did a show and said that this is all government uh, hoax. There's no reason for it. We have cures. All I did was spend two hours on the Internet, and I put, I put the question, what kills viruses? And I had – that bill was written from that one Internet inquiry February 25th or whatever it was. So I made this, this inquiry, what kills viruses? I spent about two, maybe three hours on the Internet collecting all this information, and I did several shows on it. But the first one was March 2nd. And this is when I talked about, you know, all the, uh, the ways that we can combat this thing because it never made sense to, to have a vaccine to build up immunity because this thing's already here, so we need to kill it. We need to treat it. And everybody thinks that vaccines are the only way to, to treat disease, but, uh, you know, we have cures and we have treatments. I guess the medical folks, they don't say cure, okay? I do. But I knew. But I'll yeah. tell you what happened. I had thousands. I literally had thousands of, of views every day I did a show. And this is when the show wasn't that good. It was, back when I was a two-hour show. I was still working a full-time job. I had barely enough time to put it together. I was, uh, the listenership you know, wasn't huge. Um, but uh, people would notice my Facebook page. And I have five, six, seven, eight thousand 8,000 know, views of, this, of, of, uh, of the show. The day I did that March 2nd broadcast, within a couple of days, that 8,000 views went to like, <laughs> the FBI found you. <laughs> they found me really fast because whatever the algorithms they were using, <laughs> they found me immediately. And ever since then, I've been highly censored. So the only growth we've had is word of mouth. This should be a multi-million listener right. show by now. There's no reason why not. We're doing thing, We're doing incredible things that no one's even thought of. Every day we break. You know, yeah. we we make history. Literally every day we go on the air because there is no other action radio show. We're it. So every time, we, every time that microphone comes on, we are making history. You would think that some journalist or media reporter or some member of Congress or some staff person or committee staff would pick up on that, and yet nobody has. Why is that? That's because they can't hear about us because we're so censored. Yeah. And even yeah. when they do hear about us, they don't believe it because people only believe things when they're big. You know, would you buy, would you you buy a car from... You start from, putting from, some of your stuff on Rumble. Uh, well, see, I do, I do the audio show, but we're on 15 different podcast sites. 
including Apple. We're on the big sites, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple. We're there. You know, they've got all my shows back to the beginning. So it's not like I'm not reaching out. But again, would you, it, it, would you buy a car from, from Farnsworth Motors? Gee, Greg, what's Farnsworth Motors? Well, that's the point. <laughs> you wouldn't simply because you've never exactly. heard of it. Okay? Same yeah. thing here. Action Radio, citizens writing their own legislation, supplying it directly to Congress, state legislators, school boards, committee, uh, county commissions, and city councils. Well, I've never heard of that. And you've been doing it for years. We're going to get that breakthrough. And when we get that breakthrough, this thing's going to explode. And it's going to be very popular around here. And I'll need a call screener. But until that happens, you know, and then it's just the word of mouth and we're still, the audience is going, but I'm telling you, you know, it's a, it's only a matter of time now. I'll well, tell you some stuff off the air. We can get some, some legislation passed. Yeah. And hopefully we can get some legislation passed and get enough public impact going to get this mm-hmm. legislation passed. And Looking for those big public figures. Yeah. Yeah. We can well, make things a lot more. We don't have to have everything 500 pages and we need to have it where it's common sense for mm-hmm. any normal human being can read it and understand it. You know, it's Just funny. I'll post the bills and people, people read the, it. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah. Yeah. The, from people to media, pollsters to Congress. That's how I see this going. People have to start sharing it. Got to get the, got to get the ground squall. It's got to be grassroots. And what about the groups? Where are the Republican groups? Where are the independent groups? Where are the, the, the civil rights groups? Where are all the folks? Where's Heritage Foundation? They should be giving us, you know, a tenth of their budget. <laughs> you know, I could do more with it. You know, or as I joke with Jonathan, who used to, be a, he used to work above the Heritage Foundation when they had a smaller office. I said, just give me the budget that they spend on luncheons. Okay, just give me their, their entertainment budget. You know, for little speeches yeah. and things like that. I could change the world on what they spend on lunch. You know, decent marketing campaign. We'll talk. <laughs> By the yeah. way, folks, we have been talking. We have ideas. Oh, boy, do we have ideas. But uh, I would like to wait till they happen before I start spilling the beans. Okay. Um, so the Election <laughs> Integrity Medical Freedom Report. Uh, congratulations. You have a new report. Oh, okay. Tell me fun? Well, we just, yep. we'll just do what is in the news. How about that? We'll do what, what we, we do best. To discuss for the day. Will, it doesn't have yeah, to be we'll, either one. I don't care if it's not in the news. Either one or the if other. Yeah, if you just, if you just, if you know what you think about it, you, you can create an issue. Like I say, we're not a news reporting service. We don't <laughs> report what has happened. We talk about what can happen. That's the difference. Let me give you a round of applause. Well, we're gonna make it. That's for you. Are you still there? Did you mute yourself? I do. Yeah. No, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I do want to say one more thing about. DeSantis and, and when we went yesterday, I, okay. I, his family was so sweet. I, they had the neatest prayers over this family. And huh. I love how this whole administration is headed. They were praying for him, for his family, for him to have guidance, to be able to still take care of his children, to be able to make good decisions. And, and, um, and oh my gosh, Casey DeSantis looks absolutely phenomenal. She looks just like Jekyll and Kennedy. And this family, I met her. A, I met her a couple of years ago at a yeah, rally with just, uh, you know Sean Hannity, Matt Gates, um, yeah. Ron DeSantis, and I think I don't know who else, Jim Jordan was there too. So I, I met them all. Casey's amazing. Let's get Casey on the show. We need. 
I'm serious. Sometimes they use, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when, um, you know, when you feel kind of a presence of evil, I felt the presence of God at that whole ceremony. And they oh. opened it with prayer and closed it with prayer. And it was, it was a really good day. I, I felt like, you know, we're headed in the right direction. I know we still have mm-hmm. a lot of huge obstacles, to, to, but it, I just have a lot of positive feelings about being there today. I'm really glad I went. We did have some excitement on driving home, too, um, actually quite a bit. But um, we were oh, really down. And, yeah. And all of a sudden, there were police cars everywhere. And I didn't know what to do. I just stopped. And they the all their lights on, screaming. The, um, but it, I would think it was DeSantis moving. They were moving him. So oh, that was his, them, uh, like, his motorcade him. or whatever it's called? Yeah. Yes, yes. And then, and as we're driving home, we see this, I, we got an hour or two out, and um, then we see this sign, uh, warning, tornadoes. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's one of those giant wow. signs over there. I'm like, so we're really watching. Leading the storm. We had two really, yeah. two really bad thunderstorms on the way home. But it oh, was like, wow. okay, I've had enough excitement for the day. I've been up since 4 o'clock. And, <laughs> and like, let's, no more excitement, please. So. Well, this is it fascinating that, that's, uh, we, that you talk about God being there, you know, at this uh, at this ceremony. It's quite fascinating. Um, and so it, it makes sense. But, you know, like I said, with all the security that was there, did, did you ever get the impression that uh, they were worried about a possible, you know, January 6th Democrat, uh, like the first one, right? Democrat-inspired um, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, FBI operative-sponsored. Uh, they wouldn't um, have gotten away with anything there. I mean, there was too many people. There was one guy holding a sign, and he was talking about impeaching Biden. <laughs> and they, they politely walked. He was very nice. He was in a suit. He was all dressed up. He had a tie on. He had this are, you dress, are you dressed for this protest, sitting. sir? Yes, I am. Okay, fine. <laughs> I think Angie took a picture of him. But they, they, they politely and very nicely walked him outside. He was in there. Oh. That's when we were all lined up trying to get – Yet we had to go through um, – the security was very, very strict. They wouldn't let you bring anything. You could only have one little small purse. You couldn't have any umbrellas. Um, and you went through the um, the metal detectors. And so it was it was very strict how they did everything. So I kind of was glad of. Well, I mean, but, like I really say, you've got Antifa, Black Lives Matter. You've got Antifa, Black Lives Matter, FBI operatives, and other uh, government insurgents, you know, government contractors. They that wouldn't could have, have done put all up kinds with of any of that. Yeah. They yeah, well, that's what I—that's what I'd worry everybody about. Everybody was so polite and so nice, and everybody mm-hmm. was really well behaved. And well, they're conservatives. You know, they're conservatives. That's what I yeah, expect yeah. from conservatives. Yeah. Let's see the next. Yeah, but I mean, well. there wasn't anybody trying to. We didn't see any any instigators. I didn't see any instigators all day. So which was mm-hmm. really nice. No decisions were being yeah. made. If there were, if there was a decision to be made, that would be different. Let's look into the oath, too. I don't like the idea that the oath for governor says uh, that I, I solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution and the government. I'm going to yeah. post that. I'm going to put that. That, that. that bugs me, too. I think we're done. I think we got it covered. Yeah. Thank right. you. And uh, we'll so, be changing to Wednesdays. I apologize. I, I have a commitment don't on apologize. Thursdays for the next six weeks. If the hour is yeah. open, you, know, you might want to stay Wednesdays. Now, my Thursday is completely open, so I might move you back there you know, when, when schedules permit. Because there's nothing on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm gonna, uh, I can see if I find my drone interview that I did at WBY. I'll, I'll see if I can get that one all prepared for tomorrow. And then I'll have two free hours. That's a lot. <laughs> so we'll see. Unless you want to do two reports. If you want to do medical freedom and the uh, election integrity, that might be a bit much. No. Though. Yeah. Once That's a week. A bit much. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Thank you for everything. Super. Thanks for calling yesterday. Appreciate Thank everything. You. And uh, we'll, we'll keep talking off the air and uh, all the things that we're working on. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. Good. Bye now. It's Diane Warner, uh, who is our now election integrity medical freedom reporter, which is a great new title. So um, me, I'm Greg Pengloss. I'm the host here and creator of this, this, this rather uh, interesting experiment. And so I'll be back tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock, uh, 7 a.m. Central Time. And so our big website's writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. You go, if you want to get the bills to, to send out, go to legislation and then all proposed laws. And the two big ones we need right now, everywhere, is our vaccine product liability uh, restoration bill and our bill that ends big tech censorship. And if you can get those two bills, to all your friends, all your family, all media, uh, all the pollsters you can, and to in the Congress and the state legislatures, then you'll be a citizen uh, advocate, a citizen lobbyist. And the, some of you folks are going to be citizen legislatures. So I'll actually, actually teach you how to write bills. But that's what we work on here. Anyway, back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio Live. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elba Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink 
that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.